You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out how to join our new Discord group and support the show at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. And welcome to a very special year-end episode of The Spirit Hunters. This is Joe, Patrick, Hannah, and Sarah. And Joe again. (laughs) And Joe. And sadly, no Megan. Uh, She was taken by ninjas. Uh, We are deciding whether or not to pay the ransom or to go in guns blazing ourselves and try to take them down. Actually, I have a question for you, Joe. Mm -hmm. Are Are you a bad enough dude to rescue Megan? Uh, yeah, but only if Ronald Reagan will eat burgers with us at the end. Hell yeah, he will. <laughs> Anyways, uh, last time we talked Cowboy Bebop before it got canceled, and we then took a long uh, we took a long break before meeting up again. <laughs> this week, we're going to take a break again from the show and discuss our 2021s and how we're going forward from here. You better get ready, or not. Yeah, there's no getting ready. There's just being. There's just doing. Wow, how Taoist of you. Uh yeah, I, I prefer I Ching, but you know I dabble in Tao. Isn't the I Ching part of Taoism? I could be wrong, but I thought it was. Uh, uh shut up. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> uh, anyways, what are you guys drinking? It's you know holiday themed episode, so I'm sure everyone is drinking something crazy. Hannah, you oh, go first. Oh yeah, I'm drinking water. That H two O crazy. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sick. Also, I'm drinking, I've been drinking tea lattes a lot. I don't know, for some reason, I don't like coffee that much anymore. So I usually will just steep tea, like black tea, for an extra five minutes to make it extra strong. I'll mix it with oat milk and stuff and make a tea latte. So that's a 2021 ass sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, how about you, man? Right. Uh, just drinking water only, really. I cut, had to cut down on soda because I'm a fat boy. I mean, I'm I'm going to the gym and I'm doing making some si- significant gains, but my stomach is just not going away, and it's actually really pissing me off at this point. Like, my arms are toned and stuff. Like, I'm getting toned in the arms and stuff, and like my shoulders, like my traps are like I'm not gonna show my traps off. It's kind of weird, but just imagine my traps are decently good. But, like, everything else, like, my stomach is, like, my Achilles heel. It's, like, not going away. And it's actually getting me annoyed. For most people, belly fat is, like, the absolute last thing to go. Just because, like, it's easy for the body to store it there. Yeah. Yeah. It it just really annoys me. So, I'm I'm trying my best to cut down on on junk food. Like, I stopped eating a lot of chips. I drink soda maybe once a week now, if that. So, I've been trying to cut down on all that. I just really want to get rid of this belly fat and... Look like a chiseled god. I want to look like Kylo Ren with an eight pack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Only if soaking wet, though. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> speaking of, I, oh. speaking of eight pack, Sarah, what are you drinking? 
I do not have an eight pack, but I do have coffee and water that I'm drinking right now because I am both tired and dehydrated and I realized that coffee might make me more dehydrated. So I did not think this out well. <laughs> nice. You know As what? For me, water can hydrate you from the dehydration of the coffee. So it works kind of in a sort of yeah. I Ching sort of way, I guess. I, I God damn it. Anyways, um, so uh, uh, I'm drinking water because uh, earlier today I went to the Atlanta Chris Kindle market uh, and we had potato pancakes and chimney bread and hot chocolate, gluine, Turkish coffee. So I really need to rehydrate is what I'm going to tell you. That sounds, that sounds like a really great Jewish, uh, Jewish holiday. Yeah, so I didn't know that Germans also made potato pancakes. I asked the guy, I was like, so did Jews or Germans make this first? He's like, I don't know, honestly. I mean, they, they were Jews in Germany, so I mean, it makes sense. that. No, I'm aware. Like, him yeah. and I basically were just like, yeah, there's like a lot of shared things between Western European Jewish culture and like German culture. And we're both like, we're not sure which ones came from where. <laughs> and we'll leave it there. Fair enough. Well, we'll not, we'll not go get deeper into that topic. Yeah, but uh, it was but, it was a fun event. I just wish it was in a park instead mm-hmm. of like in a parking lot in the city. So it was just like this cute little Christmas village surrounded by skyscrapers. I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, oh, was it? How was it? Was it cold out? Did you just have to wear jackets and stuff? Uh, yeah, we wore jackets and stuff, but like it wasn't like snowing, but there was just like a bunch of puddles on the ground because it had rained yesterday like really badly. Yeah, I, I noticed that I'm, I have to stop walking at like been at like late at night like 10 p.m because it's really cold out now like i usually use like oh it's fine i'll wear my shorts and my t-shirt because i'll warm up running and then afterwards it's like my face is frozen my ears are frozen. like yeah maybe i should stop doing this at night nice i should wear a jacket maybe but no i'm glad you had a good time makes me want to get some potato pancakes myself and have a nice uh nice pancake party I, I kind of wish there was a Chris Kindle market in Arizona, but I don't know exactly where it would fit, and it wouldn't really make sense either because, like, Atlanta's at least somewhat colder, so I don't really know where you'd do it in Arizona. Maybe you could do, like, some sort of, like, Middle Eastern Christmas market, but I'm like, that wouldn't go well in Arizona. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, really, no. I'm really vibing for a Euro, so maybe I'll just get go do some gold-fashioned Greek Christmas. Fun story. Uh, I actually got a donor because, uh, like, you know, there's a lot of Turks who live in Germany, so there was a Turkish stand there, too. So I got donor kebab. Mm, man, I want to get some. Damn, stop making me hungry, Joe. Ooh. It was we good. We have to move on because Joe's getting me hungry. <laughs> um, real quick, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier that this is our year-end episode, but I just, you know, we did this last year. I kind of just like checking in with everyone, seeing what they're doing. Everyone kind of gets to like talk about their lives outside of the cast for once. So, you know, speaking of that, what have you guys been up to recently and throughout 2021? Hannah, I mean, you're up first. Um, so. I've been doing a lot of work. Um, just my company's ramping up this year a lot. So a lot of my times either during work, I'm doing a lot of stuff there. And then outside of work, I'm working on like a certificate program with them that they're helping pay for. So it's good. It's helping my like career a lot. So um, outside of that, I've been doing a lot of house decorating. It took a whole year to get my house partially furnished and decorated. So that's exciting. You know, big people stuff when you own your own house and you don't own any decorations, it's overwhelming. So yeah. And then I've been doing a lot of crafting, like 
punch needling in particular, where it's kind of like <laughs> crocheting, except you use a needle and you poke it into cloth. I don't know. Or it's, I don't know. I see it a lot. I saw it a lot on TikTok and YouTube. So I just got into it and it's very therapeutic. So yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Patrick, you next, man. Well, most of my year has been focused on uh, – I didn't really do as many projects as I did in 2020. Like the only thing I really did was put together a computer for some uh, – for like the living room and stuff like that. I didn't really do many awesome teardown projects. But uh, I did push heavily Shiro, the Sega Sound Shiro guys. Like we've been pushing really hard. Like we we helped really, we helped uh, promote two fan translations for the game for Bulk Slash and a game called Vachenrode. A, a JRPG. Um, getting a lot of likes on that. Like the our last our last post about Vakenroder got about two hundred twenty four t- retweets and four hundred eighteen likes. Question: Is that an original Saturn game that was recently translated, or is this a modern Saturn game, like a modern game made for Saturn? I know this is this is an old game. It, it was originally released for Saturn in Japan, but it never got fan translated. But interesting. It is dark, like. Literally, the first couple lines, the person says verbatim, "There is no God." Like it's <laughs> like very a, JRPG. Oh, I guess maybe it isn't then. But yeah, it's a uh, it, it's really dark. It's like it kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy VII, except mega darker. Like his sister dies in the first five minutes, and his father's like an abusive POS. So it's kind of kind of dark. Uh, see why they didn't localize that in the states. Probably wouldn't go over well, but. Uh, yeah, that one and uh, Bulk Slash, we put out a video for that that got about quite a lot of uh, of uh, likes and stuff and retweets. We got 28 retweets, 22 likes on that. Uh, we've been pushing it very heavily, the fan translation, but I think we're, and just Shiro and Jane, I think we're doing a good job with that. We had new shirt designs, got cute anime girl shirts now that you can get at the Sega Sound Shiro Threadless store. Nice. I'll put it in the chat. You guys can see the the cool shirts that my friend Dave's been working on. So shouts out if you guys want a cool anime girl shirt and like like anime like uh mascots. We got that now, so nice. Hopefully you like that. But yeah, besides that's uh what else did I put on my notes? Um where's my notes? Yeah, just working with uh working with uh Spirit Hunters getting that going, doing stuff. And uh, yeah, overall, just uh, pushing as hard as I can on things and trying to program more, which I haven't been doing sadly a lot. So, oh, well, I guess like, what's motivating you to program more right now? Uh boredom. Nice, yo, man. But, if I let's hmm? talk later. Yeah, I actually, I, I guess I'm actually probably no one's gonna listen to this and really blow up, but I'm actually trying to do a port of Snatcher for the for the. Uh, for the uh, iPhone, so I'm working on that right now. Uh, tell everyone what Snatcher is. I know, but I have a feeling the our no. castmates and a lot of the audience don't know. Uh, it's a. Uh, it is a. Um, Snatcher is a. Uh, is a text-based adventure visual novel by Hideo Kojima, who's done Metal Gear Solid, uh, Death Stranding, and all those other games. It's really cool. It's like a cyberpunk world where you play this guy that's a uh, Gillian C is a, sna- a a junker. That's uh, ordered to take out these snatchers, these robots that steal people's bodies it's and hide Blade their Runner-y. skin. Yeah, it's very Blade Runner. It's a really good game, but it never got a port. It like it only was released on Mega C- uh, uh, Sega CD in America, and mm-hmm. really hasn't gotten ported to anything else. But this is just a fun project for me. This is not getting 
released anywhere. This is just a Patrick thing, so I can play it no one else. Patrick, exclusive. Yeah, exactly. The only person <laughs> that's going to be enjoying it is me. I'm greedy, but you never know. Maybe I might I might be like, hey, Konami, want to try it out? Get this ported? Hey, if it works, why not? <laughs> yeah, cease and desist for just me. Stop making this game for yourself. <laughs> uh, it will actually say, you know, because of how out of touch Konami is, it will actually say, stop all the downloading. I'm a computer. Yeah. Body massage. It Body will also massage. say, you know, my mom has a computer and I put games on it. And yeah, it will go from there. God, I love the G.I. Joe things. But yeah, uh, besides that, uh, it's all good. I want to program more and I want to do more projects and hopefully... Actually, I would like to make a game studio. That'd be kind of fun, like a a, a fan translation thing. Ooh, ooh. that'd be cool. Nice. Ooh, 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 what are you ooh. doing there? Yeah, um, but uh, Sarah, do you want to go next or should I? Uh, yeah, I can go. Uh, I honestly don't have a lot going on. This year has been That's pretty... Oh, what? <laughs> no, I mean, mostly just work, I feel like, has been taking up a lot of my time lately, so... I think hoping this coming year I'll slow things down and I can kind of refocus and get in touch with like either hobbies that I wanted to do but didn't get a chance to uh, get around to doing it. Um, But aside from that, got to be able to do some traveling, which was nice. And just been, I don't know, relaxing. So I think this year has been a good like slow year for me. Um so it's giving me time to think about what I want to do um next year. Nice. That's a good way to be. Um only way to be. Well as for me, uh yeah, a lot's changed. Uh I interviewed for and got a new job in New York. Um so oh, with the awesome, same group. dude. Yeah. This is so a, ooh, this congrats. is first we're hearing from it too. So congrats. congrats. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm planning to uh, move, and currently I'm just staying in Georgia uh, before coming back to Arizona to then fly to San Jose to pick up my stuff and, like, you know, donate some to charity so I can move that back to Arizona before moving to New York at a undetermined date simply because Omicron has uh, scared the company from necessarily wanting to go in as soon as possible. So trying to figure out that situation oh, I, yeah. long story short i might be moving into new york during like the second big wave because all my friends who live in new york right now said that like getting a test right now is kind of terrible like it's very difficult to do mm-hmm. so so maybe things are about to be bad again in which case glad i'm moving to new york <laughs> are you gonna move to the city or are you gonna yeah, move outside just- of the city <laughs> Um, my plan is to move to Manhattan for like six months just to be like, I did it. I fucking did it. And mm-hmm. then after that move, like either to, you know, like uh, Brooklyn, Queens or Newark. Mm-hmm. I would probably not do Newark. I, honestly, I would probably look at like someplace like in central Jersey and maybe just commute there because it's a lot nicer do, houses. I could also do Hoboken. But yeah, Newark isn't bad because it's like really close by train um, and the prices mm-hmm. are really low. And yes. Anyone who knows anything about Newark knows why the prices are really low, but I was born there, so not the worst he thing can, in the world. He can deal with it. I, I, I might get a hotel a little bit outside instead of staying with you if you're in Newark, but you know we'll figure it out. I, I'll, I'll have to wear like a body. No, I'm just joking. Dude, we just need to put bars <laughs> on the second story windows. It's all good, man. <laughs> just the second story. <laughs> No, no, whenever I'm, we visit my like old like my parents' old place, and they're like, "Yep, there's still bars on the second story." I'm like, "Things have changed, but not that much." <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch out for those uh, those 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 flying thieves, you know? Yeah, 
the ninjas they they stole megan this is how they got her she stayed in newark too long yeah they they got through the second floor <laughs> bars and now now we have to we have to fight them uh final fight style yes uh but anyways yeah that's that's kind of what we've been up to but uh you know no year-end discussion could be complete on this show without discussing what anime and cartoons you guys watched this year so what was uh, off the top of your head your favorite anime of the year or your least favorite? And it doesn't matter what uh, year it came out, just that you saw it this year. Hannah, take it away. Um, so I did watch a lot of not as much anime, but I did watch a lot of cartoons. So I'm going to do both. Um, I watched a good chunk of the my the latest season, My Hero. Um, I need to just finish it. It's like ramping up to like the more of the villain arc so yeah you watch you watch the bad part so now you got the good part oh <laughs> so you, i you think get, i should yeah. probably get to the good part then <laughs> yeah the, um, the villain part is awesome but the, the first part is like oh another tournament arc my favorite yeah um i also watch cells at work season two which is really cute records of ragnarok which it was, okay. it was okay. I think I liked the manga better. Um, Castlevania Season 3, which is more of a... I don't know. I guess it's like, hard to tell if it's anime or cartoon. I'm going to call it cartoon, but it was good. Um, I'm halfway through Stone Ocean, so that's the latest JoJo season. Um, only because I want to take my time and savor it before <laughs> I have to wait again for another JoJo. Yeah. <laughs> keep waiting yeah i mean keep I savoring mean, it because like yeah. even if you finish this section of episodes you're gonna need to wait yeah, yeah it's 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 a, it's a two-part it's i don't know it might be a three-parter i don't know like three. Oh, really yeah it's because okay. they bar- like like they barely have gotten past the green delphine street prison so okay uh cool let's see um more cartoons that i watched i watched arcane i think like with a lot of people did which is good um, two cartoons that I love, and if you guys love isekais, I would watch actually Owl House and Amphibia. Oh, yeah. Don't, I'm telling you the truth right now, they are both isekais. A person jumps into a whole other world that is unlike their own and needs to get back home. That's an isekai, plain and okay, simple. What, what is Owl House? <laughs> because every time I see images, I'm like, yeah, this looks like Tenchi Muyo fan fiction. It is not, but it <laughs> does have little like little character. It has little like I think one Easter egg to Tenshi Muyo. It's about a girl who's basically thirteen year old me. She is basically a huge fantasy anime fan. She's really heart kind hearted and earnest, but she's a little too extra with her likes. Aka people find her weird, so she gets sent to normal camp by her mom. And instead of going to normal camp, she ends up in this magical world filled with witches and warlocks, and she becomes apprentice to a witch. So Harry Potter meets anime meets cartoon. It's really cute. Really heartfelt. Yeah. What is Amphibia? Uh, Amphibia is about a girl who ends up in a world with, like, talking amphibians, frogs, newts, and toads. And basically, she has to find her way home and find her other friends that got sucked into the world as well. So, yeah. It is actually really funny, and it's really 
pretty heartfelt once you get into it. So, yeah. And then live action stuff I watched. The Expanse. Um, Sweet Home. The, game? the the Expanse, the game? Yeah, they come out of an Expanse, the, an Expanse game by Telltale. I think oh. I thought this was going to be an expansion pack joke. No, no, this actually is a. It's like it follows a. I forgot which character it was, but it's like one of the side characters. But it's it's by Telltale, and also they're back, by the way. They're back. So, the new season. Oh, oh, that's what I need to. Back oh, from... they're back. I I'm waiting to binge, so I'm waiting till the season all season six is done to watch that. So, um. I watched Sweet Home, not Sweet Home Alabama, Patrick. It's a <laughs> Korean um, horror um, drama where um, a bunch jo- of moms... Jo- Joe's, Joe's about to flip out right now. You see him, he's doing the face. I definitely need to ask you a question once you summarize the plot because there I know is exactly what he's going to ask. I know exactly movie. what he's going to ask. Oh, okay. Well, this one is about an uh, apartment complex that gets... Um, quarantine and all the uh residents are shut inside this apartment and it's run by monsters right sarah or no the entire world is infected by monsters including the apartment and everyone needs to survive so yeah interesting wa- very different yeah i watch along with other korean dramas because i'm not the biggest fan anymore but i do watch the horror drop um, thriller one so squid game i think everyone knows that one and then kingdom Never heard of it. <laughs> kingdom <laughs> is the best one in my opinion it what is, is basically, kingdom basically it's set in um it's a period political drama with a backdrop of zombies so you have a lot of yes. tension between royalty korean royalty and different generals and stuff and they had to help stop this plague so the zombies so mm. yeah it's really good and then i watch lucifer season three and then i'm halfway through witcher season two and then i also watch midnight mass so which is crazy <laughs> yeah. i need to finish witcher and i need to watch the latest <laughs> season of lucifer because i really liked lucifer when that was on tv yeah it's fun so, yeah. Detective, or was it how he pronounces it? Detective. God. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Lucifer. Yeah, me too. I was, re- yeah. I think I was the hypest when I know I don't watch anymore. But when CW did that crossover and it was Constantine meets Lucifer, I almost like I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah. Yes. That was- <laughs> yeah. Um, how about you, Patrick? What have you been watching in 2021? In terms of anime, I uh, watched Jujutsu Kaisen thanks to, I think it was Sarah Hannah's recommendation. I can't remember who recommended nice. that last year from the last cast. Mm-hmm. So I started watching that. Uh, I'm halfway through Beastars Season 2. Uh, great, great anime. I love it so far. Uh, it's it's weirdly is as strong, if not stronger, than the first season, weirdly enough. And I'm honestly surprised. I thought it was going to be worse. That one's good. Um, I started watching a certain magical index and a certain scientific railgun, which are really good. I don't know if you I guys watched that one that before. Uh, I yeah, I don't know anything. I recognized it. it, and I, I, I know the characters because I see them all the time, either on like Tumblr or different other websites. But I have no idea what it's about. 
Basically, it's about this boy that's uh, that's in this world of it's like science and magical world. They're two separate sort of entities and worlds, and he's mm-hmm. crossed between them. Where he comes around, comes across this girl called Index that literally has every single book book inside of her head, and she's essentially a walking church. And this guy, he doesn't have any powers. Mm-hmm. He basically his power he has a his hand can cancel any magical or or uh, magical or scientific uh, property. Like it's it's a level zero, but out of like the level zero from five, where five is the strongest. But it's the strongest in terms of mm-hmm. of utility, where it could cancel anything, no matter how high of a level it is. If he just touches it, it cancels it out instantaneously. So it's it's sort of really ah. funny, fun. Uh, it's kind of slice of life mixed with action and adventure and some sci-fi elements to it. But it's really cute. I really enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it if anybody likes that sort of stuff. I would watch it. Uh, that's how much I could go into with spoiling it. Um, also watched uh, Way of the House Husband. I don't know if you guys watched any. Of you guys watched that one? Not yet. I, have not. I know, but it looks I, super cute. I heard though. interesting things about the animation. Is that the one where it's like yeah, almost, it's basically like like still picture. Yeah, it's basically just like almost like just pictures and like slideshow elements. But I really liked the way that it was a, uh, it was set up and it was a really fun anime. It's really mm-hmm. funny. I think it's probably one of my favorites of this year, just because it's really short too. It's only like I think six episodes and they're all split up to segments, so it's only it's really like twenty or thirty episodes, but episodes are like maybe two or three minutes each. But it was really cute. I really enjoyed it. It's on Netflix, and they had a live-action one that they did as well, which is oh, also on Netflix. Oh. So if you guys want to watch that, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, probably Doge, 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 Doge. Sorry. <laughs> There's a dog just walked behind it, and it was really cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, his name Doge. is Zink. He's a very cute boy. Cute boy. But yeah, uh, besides that, I watched. I finished watched and finished V-Zero. Thought it was... Pretty good. Uh, some of the show actually really pissed me off, surprisingly enough. But I don't know if that's just me getting angry at the anime because I get really into it, or because the storytelling just made me want to punch a wall. Mm. So I don't know if you guys watched it. Maybe you guys can shed some light on that. I haven't I've watched, watched it. it. Dang, I haven't oh. watched it either. But yeah, but it seems uh, like it's uh, up my alley because I love stuff like that. <laughs> But I haven't watched it. <laughs> it's pretty good. It will piss you off though at points, but it's it's a fun anime to watch. I'd recommend watching it, even though it will put, probably piss you off at points. But half the fun, I guess. Uh, watch JoJo Part Six. Uh, everyone pretty much said what I can say. It's really good. Can't wait for the next part. Uh, yeah, really great characters in that. Really enjoyed it. Uh, watch My Hero Season Five. Uh, first half was garbage. The second half was really good, but they cut a bunch of stuff because they made the movie and it cut into the budget. Speaking of which, I also watched the movie. It was okay. The only redeeming factor was that bird character, so that was the best part of that movie. Because of what I'm talking about. It's a good bird. Good bird. I uh, watched Mugen Train in April. That was a lot of fun. Went with my friends and had a good time. I don't know. Did you... You went, Joe, right? No, I never went. Okay. I think, yeah... I'm very Sarah much not a guys. Demon Slayer person. Gotcha. Yes. Oh, For some reason, you mm-hmm. wanted confusing it was in 2020. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah it, was it, like, it, it was during COVID. Yeah, or it is... It, it, yeah, it started with COVID. Yeah, love <laughs> it. I, it's good. 
Yeah, that was yeah, a lot of fun. I, I really that. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ending though was really sad though. Gotta be uh, honest. And mm. Goku. R.I.P. Uh, spoilers, by the way. Uh, <laughs> is, is his name so? Is his name the same kanji as Purgatory, or is it like more like Land of uh, Purification slash Land of um, Temperament? Mm, I wouldn't know. I'll have so, to check this. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I forgot if it was twenty 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 one, but there's also a, a sky. Oh, was it uh, that skyscraper one where there's like in that isekai and they're murdering everybody? Uh, oh, I forgot yeah. the name. Uh, Tower was, God. Um, no, 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 not Tower God. It was it, the. It was the. It was like the skyscraper escape or. Oh yeah. Or yeah, high yeah. rise, high rise escape or something or high rise. Something. High rise. But that was like, really good. Yeah. Kill or something. Yeah, that one was crazy. Yeah, um, high rise invasion. That's it. Oh, that was yeah. really good. I watched that. I forgot that was 2021. So yeah, I watched that. That was pretty good. Would recommend that one if you guys haven't watched it. It's pretty good. It's technically Yo, an isekai too. What? Ren Goku literally. The kanji is literally for purgatory. Oh well, at least we know where he's going, right? Yeah. Too, All right. Too far. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Fuck you, Patrick." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Attack on Titan final season that was good, and then not anime. Uh, I watched the Beatles Get Back. It's a six-hour documentary based on the Get Back Let It Be sessions. If you mm. like the Beatles, you'll enjoy it. If you don't, uh, it drags on quite a bit. If you don't know anything about the Beatles, so uh, if you don't know about the Beatles and the history of it, I would look up the Let It Be sessions and see and like get a base history, then watch it. Uh, but I always I liked it. It was a six-hour documentary. It's long by Peter Jackson, but it was really good. I actually want to watch it again sometime. But yep, and that's it on my end. What about you, Sarah? Uh yeah. So I haven't been really watching a lot of stuff this year, show-wise. I feel like my attention is San has been not very great to like actually was taking in storylines i've been mostly watching like either stuff on youtube like random things or um like cooking competition shows or any kind of competition shows because i like either the wholesomeness or the pettiness depending on like what country the show's from um <laughs> but anyways <laughs> Mostly Hunter Hunter has been like my main consistent one and also Jujutsu Kaisen. And I think that's really about it. I was watching High Rise Invasion. I thought that was good too. Um, I've been watching cartoons or like Arcane, Owl House, Amphibia, and then live action. I mean, a lot have mentioned before. So like Squid Games, um, The Expanse. I've also started watching Hellbound, um, which was pretty interesting definitely um k-drama wise it's definitely on the darker end it was like surprisingly darker than i expected also very unconventional storytelling non-linear if you're into that kind of stuff i think you would enjoy it some said it was pretentious i could see how it is but i thought it was just i don't know i watched more things that were heavy on the philosophical side. So I thought that was a nice refreshing touch to a typical K-drama. 
So I, I, I like that. And started watching Dark. I'm only like two episodes in. It already feels oppressing and interesting. I've not heard of this. So it is, it's a German show and I hear all about it all the time because it's supposed to be like a sci-fi um, family drama. So it has a lot of like nonlinear storylines and it's kind of, it starts with like, there's a missing disappearance um, of a boy in like a very small village and it's supposed to go into like how the different timelines affect each other in ways that I don't know, either like the butterfly effect or something like that. I'm only two episodes in, um, but I've always heard that it's really good. So I just started checking it out. And the only other show that I watched recently is only murders in the building. Um, so that's the one with hmm. um, Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. And I thought it was nice because well, it's one of heck? those. That sounds like an awesome cast. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. If you really enjoy the kind of like um, almost like not like a procedural sitcom. It's more like a very story based um, type of show. So the I, the main story is about how three tenants of an upper um west side apartment building they don't have any connection with each other until one day they all come across like um, a dead body and they all are into like the true crime podcast so they decide to get together and try to figure out who killed this guy because they were the three only three people who saw him alive before he was killed um so yeah I I was I had no idea if it was good or not. I was just kind of curious since um, it was like on Hulu and I didn't really have anything else to watch. And I really liked it a lot. Hey, Sounds how about good. you, Joe? What have you been watching? Uh, I've been watching Stone Ocean like everyone else. Uh, I'm nearly done with what's available right now. I have not read this part. I mean, I, I know what happens, but like, you know, the order of things is always interesting. And I'm someone who really doesn't mind spoilers, so it's not really affecting my enjoyment. I'm definitely liking it so far. I'm curious how it's going to I'm curious the way it's going to build up, but definitely enjoying. Um, I've seen a disproportionate amount of people being like, now I can finally get into JoJo. And I'm just like, this is not. It is a much better place to get in than season five, but it is not a good place to get in. Yeah, you started, no. at, you started at part one or two. I mean, honestly, I know Joe's like skipped to part two, but I, honestly, I think there's so much context in part one. No, no, no. So I, I think- like part one. I, the only reason I say skip part two is I'm like, hey, if you're on the fence, skip to part two. If you are yeah. down, mm-hmm. watch part one. Yeah, I was not down. Why you, why I people... was down, but part one was the drag, but it's good to still watch it. Part mm-hmm. one, the author is like, the only reason this is in the anime is for completeness. It is bad. It's just mm. it's just cheesy. Well, okay, all of JoJo is cheesy, but it doesn't hit the right way until like season uh-huh. two and then especially season three and four. So... Yeah. yeah, like season yeah. two basically defines how the show is going to work for the rest of forever. Season one is like, I don't know, I'm making a kind of boilerplate shonen. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's good. The only the thing that kept me interested is the character names because I love music and like 
older music, so it's like all that the musical references, like oh yeah, got uh, got uh, got Robert E. O. Speedwagon, got uh, got uh, what was his name? Um, uh, who was the, their master? It was a uh, Tom Petty. Yeah, so that's kind of funny. It, yeah, and then like basically, I think that there are other seasons you can watch as like self-contained things. Like I think both season two and season four are pretty good self-contained, but like none of the other parts are really because like season three, it's kind of like it's the intersection of a bunch of places. Season five is like good luck if you haven't watched <laughs> other stuff. Um, meanwhile, season three, I watched. I'm sort of biased because I watched the 1994 OVA first back in the day, and that starts in season three. So I was like, okay, this is. Uh, intelligible enough yeah but no the ova is pretty fire i like the original ova there's a lot of really good stuff in that yeah i the original is the 2000 sequel is not i think the 2000 sequel kind of looks like shit it, it's pretty the thing is that it was on that cusp and it just like i don't know they just seemed to make it so it's like oh why don't we do the first part of part three yeah no i know why they did it it's just like i think the style difference because like the first part is already like maybe a bit too much and then the last part like the the second part of it that they made that takes place earlier is way too much yeah um as for what else i've recently been watching erased which i've not watched before so that's been pretty cool um yeah i i already know like the twists and stuff but it's 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 pretty cool. I'm intending to watch this and Steinsgate just to get them out of the way. Like it's it's quite good. Um, I think the thing that I like about it most is maybe not what most other people enjoy about it, which is just like, hey, here's a depiction of like still urban but more rural Japan in a specific mm-hmm. period and deals with like d- deals directly with people who are not like well off or even middle class. And like, mm-hmm. and like, and like, a different family structure because you know his dad's not around and stuff like that. So it's, it's. I like it mostly as a period thing, and the mystery is secondary. While I feel for most other people, it's the mystery first. Right, that's fair. Oh uh, yeah, no, I I can definitely see it because when I watched it, I feel like with a lot of. With the high, with like high concepts with like either time travel or like time loops, if you don't have like a good basis in terms of either character development or even the setting, it could definitely like make it. I don't know. I think it it can affect whether how much I enjoy it because time travel in itself is like always exciting, but it can get old <laughs> once you keep on reading these types of stories so yeah, yeah i really like i but, really but Steins- liked the race hmm. i have to watch oh, that no, one ahead. but i do recommend steins gate though that that one's fire yeah mm-hmm. i definitely want to watch steins gate because it's interesting because the people i know who are the most fervent fans of it are people who dislike science fiction and time travel stories so i'm just like how does this get to you? So I'm assuming there's an amazing emotional payoff that occurs at a later point because these people Mm. tend to be much more about character dynamics, the people I know who are big fans of it. So I am very curious to see how that goes. It is fairly emotional. There's a lot of emotion that that show. It's insane, especially towards the end part of it and the mid part. It definitely... It it like makes you think, man, he should really do this. And it's like, man, he should really have not done that. Yeah. So it's... Um, it's it's hurtful and like he has a lot of hard choices he has to make and you're like literally like man i if i was in this situation i don't even know what i'd do but i won't spoil it beyond that okay and one thing i'm gonna say that no one should discuss after i say it because it's a big thing i'm very curious to know 
in interviews what the people behind JoJo's Part 4, Erased, and Persona 4 all say about each other. And I'm going to leave that there. Do not elaborate. Okay. Um. Anyway. Uh, all I can so- say is everything is great at your Juness. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm rewatching Mob Psycho. Well, I rewatched Mob Psycho uh, like with my girlfriend because she had not seen it and she really enjoyed it. And we watched Berserk. And um, it's interesting. Uh, I definitely mm-hmm. think they both hold up very well. Uh, but like they're very I think Mob Psycho is like maybe like one of the best like condensed form shown in anime of all time and also kind of like disassemble some of the assumptions of the genre but i really like it but uh, i think i already told you guys that i rewatched these but i'm just elaborating what i did during the year yeah um i would like you to elaborate something which berserk did you watch because 97 okay there you no go no one should watch I, even the film versions that people are like they're better than the you know like later show it's like they're still bad compared to 97 I gotcha. Just like want to just want to clarify that. Yeah, the ultimate berserk experience is reading the manga, and like that's not just like manga elitism. That's like, hey, this is literally looks better than any of the other forms. I can't wait to see how that concludes. By the way, I'm curious, like, because I see a bunch of people being like, "Well, clearly, what they mean is they have the notes of how it ends." It's like, no, they don't. Like, they have a broad sketch of how it ends based on conversations they had with the author. Do you th- did they say that if they're going to continue it without him, or did they say that it's done? They said they were looking into it, and nothing's come since. I gotcha. Well, I hopefully they wrap it up, but hopefully so, they don't. I'm personally of the opinion that Berserk is about like an eternal struggle, and that even if he was intending to wrap it up, I think part of the reason he wasn't going about it is because there's not really a way to end that. It's like literally a question of, like, hey, staying true to yourself and your friends and your ideals in the face of, like, the evil of like the collective of the human will and like what that means for like the future of the world. And so it's like, you can't resolve this unless you've like, unless you've figured out a way to solve all of humanity's problems in real life, you can't resolve this show. Mm -hmm. They just, they should just end it like a a crazy twist. Like it turns out that uh, guts was just in purgatory the entire time. And he died like when he was a kid or something. So when you end the idea of berserk badly, you get the end of attack on Titan. Anyways, Mm. Um, <laughs> wait do you know how that attack of titan ends i haven't i i, I do don't worry just watch uh, <laughs> wow that, that Enjoy definitely the ride. Me up. <laughs> yeah uh so anyways um movie wise uh anime this is just for this year but not recently i watched a movie called belladonna of sadness have you guys ever heard of this Mm-mm. i have not I have. Is- i'm not sure if i watched it because it sounds familiar I, oh. Yeah, I would not actually. I take it back. It is not yeah, anime, but I it have. is a Japanese animated movie. It is one of the most absolutely gorgeous things I've ever seen. But I would not recommend it to anyone. It's depressing as hell. <laughs> it is go- it's gorgeous very rapey, to look at. Very depressing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of heart and nothing. No comfort. Oh <laughs> No, okay, I can't. I can't yeah, do that. And it thinks it has this like really woke feminist point at the end, but it's like not at all actually. It kind of sounds goes. like it gives me a, a um was it the uh what's it? I'll look up the movie. I need to look it up for it. Yeah, it's from the old I Perfect, think the Blue, 70s. Perfect Blue. Oh, I've not yeah. seen Perfect Blue, but like kinda, yeah. It kind of gives me that vibe. I don't know. If you guys like I think Perfect if you're Blue interested in some like emotion Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, if you're interested in the art, I would definitely check it out. Again, one of the most absolutely gorgeous and unique looking things. It does not look like anime. It does not look like Western art. It is its own thing entirely. It's like a watercolor painting come to life. It's amazing. It actually looks really good. But it kind of reminds me of uh, like some of those 60s experimental films. Yeah, it's like that. But it is a painful movie, and it doesn't hold up probably even to the artist's ideas. Like probably they would be like, this is regrettable because they've yeah. probably moved on from the sentiment expressed. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention a movie I did watch was Fritz the Cat for the first time all the way through. Man, that movie uh, <laughs> did not age well. I think, fun yeah. story, my now former boss definitely had a Fritz the Cat shirt on the other day. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I mean, I could see that because the, the thing is that the comic was basically a critique on on 60s subcultures. But like the movie was just like, Ugh. yeah. Um, as for like other things, I rewatched Nausicaa uh, a couple months ago and like, yeah, I think that movie is my favorite Ghibli movie, but not for its own sake. I think structurally it is not nearly as good as many of the others, but the reason being that the manga is by far Miyazaki's mm-hmm. best work better than any of his movies, but just it's way less accessible <laughs> because it's just like mm. the, the, the manga like the anime is not just like a summary and it's not just like hey we cut parts out it is completely different because he ended up finishing it decades later and so his views entirely changed about politics and about humanity to the point where like you read nausicaa and you're reading like basically miyazaki's diary about his ideals it's amazing and everyone should read it if you get a chance meanwhile the movie's just gorgeous and really cool Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know he did the manga for it. I thought it was I thought he did it based off of a manga. No, he he wrote the manga himself and he wasn't anywhere near finished when he made the anime. Oh, I see. Wow, that's kind of uh interesting. It's the same way with uh Akira, which I mean, I think Akira finished closer to it, but Akira the mm-hmm. manga ends completely differently and with like six times as much material as the movie has. Hmm. I'll have to give that a read. I definitely would be down. Oh, it's just like interesting that what prompted Miyazaki to create the Nausicaa movie if he wasn't done with the original story, essentially. Um, I think they were kind of more done together. And I think it was because mm-hmm. he was able to, because like he wasn't like a huge name yet. I think technically Nausicaa predates Ghibli. So, like, he was, like, a big dude but from another company and was just starting out. So, he wanted to get funding. So, he's like, here's my cool idea. And then, like, ran it Uh... by a bunch of people and stuff like that. So, it was, like, half-formed. Meanwhile, like, he has talked about how the reason Nausicaa, the manga, differs so much is because his views about ecology, communism, like, ideology, and, like, his own ideas about like whether or not like the earth can be saved were rocked by like the events of the eighties, the fall of the Soviet union and writing Nausicaa itself. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's kind of reminds me how Lupin Castle of Cagliostro technically counts as a Ghibli movie along with Nausicaa, even though they weren't even by yeah. Ghibli. Yeah. Nausicaa and, yeah. Nausicaa and, and uh, Castle mm-hmm. Cagliostro are both technically not Ghibli movies, but yeah, they basically are. Um, 
as for other stuff, uh, I've been watching some live action stuff. Oh, I watched uh, the new Spider-Man movie. Let's not talk about that because one, probably not everyone here has seen it. And two, uh, not everyone who's listening will have seen it. I, um, I haven't. I'm so angry. Peter went with his dad without me. I'm so pissed at him. I will say one thing that I don't think will spoil <laughs> it for anyone. They wasted the golden opportunity to finally reintroduce Japanese Spider-Man into I the canon. I knew you were going to fucking say that, dude. And they fucking didn't. <laughs> They literally had every opportunity in the world to be like, hey, Japanese Spider-Man's here. And he is like, because he is officially a Marvel licensed product. And like, mm-hmm. he is owned still by Marvel and they still produce stuff of him. He could have been there and, you know, like hugged, hugged little baby Spider-Man and been like, it will be okay. <laughs> but he's like, you're speaking Japanese. I don't understand. Uh, 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 no, you know, uh, what would have been better if just a portal too. goes up in the... <laughs> Yeah, in all honesty, I think it would have been funny if it, uh, amazing if like they're fighting, they're all everyone's on their ropes. Like Tom Holland's about to die. Also, Apollo comes in a giant <laughs> fucking mech, punches the villain right in the body, and Japanese Spider-Man comes like I am the emissary from hell and just starts fighting. It's like holy <laughs> shit! Oh, like you know, the hype that would have been. There's also a point where I was like, is Madam Web going to show up in this movie? Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, I would, man. If, if that happened, That'd I mean, be awesome. I, would, I probably would have cried for like an hour if that happened. I love no. Madam Web. I told the people in, that I was- told the people who I went with, I was like, if Madam Web shows up in this movie, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Madam I Web love played that. by Meryl like, Streep. <laughs> yeah. That would be sick, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah, so live action, uh, I've been doing like an Asian American, uh, sort of film deep dive. Um, so I think, uh, you guys know, but I was, I'm running like a Asian American book club and it's kind of just become like a little smaller group of people, but we've recently been watching films. And, uh, earlier this year we rewatched, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, which one holds up a lot better than I thought it would. I thought it would have like a ton of like really terrible shit in it. It didn't really, there's just this like part where like, they like stop by a dude's house and like almost fuck his wife, but he's in on it. So it's just like, okay, I guess that's actually aged really well. It's just like, yeah, they're just like a poly couple, whatever. Let's go. Um, Wait, was that, the, was that, was, was, I think that was in two, wasn't it? No, that's in one. Oh, are you really with the, yeah. Oh, I thought that was two, man. No, that's in one dude. Okay. I was thinking of the, the one where they go and there was the, the child in the basement. Oh, that's something else. I don't know what that, that, that was. Is. Another, that, that was the second one. I got the I, I get those two mixed up, but yeah, I think it was really holds up well and has a lot of really good commentary. I think holds up to this day all day pretty much. Yeah, for sure. And in addition to that, so this one's not Asian American, but I'll get into why this is relevant. Is I rewatched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and while it is not the only movie I would give five out of five stars, it is the only movie on my letterbox that I have rated yet that I have given five out of five stars. That movie, I was originally giving it a 4.5 out of five until I read how it fits into the book series it's part of. And I'm like, okay, now mm. I get some of the ending that's ambiguous if you're only watching the movie. But in the like in the b- books it's based on from like the 30s, it's like, no, no, there's a very, it is not ambiguous in the books. Um but uh, yeah, that movie is like one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, I This was the second time I've ever watched it. The first time I watched it was like in 2001. And I remembered beat for beat everything. That's how much it like just fucking seared itself into my mind. And um, it is so much better now that I'm older and like have seen a lot more of the world, better understand Chinese history and like better understand, I guess, like, social norms and the way they kind of crush individual people and their aspirations 
because that's what the movie is about. It is this like incredible thing, not only about like the ability of individuals to go against the will of society, but especially the ability of women to act of their own accord in like a patriarchal society. And it is like, I was watching with my girlfriend. She's like, this is the most feminist movie that I would not have expected to come out of China in 2000. And she's like, this is, and, and for the record, she is someone who's seen like a decent amount of Chinese film. She's more just like compared to it's like, what was around at the time she's like i just mm-hmm. can't believe this was made <laughs> so i i had never watched that movie but i've played the game and i'm not sure how i'd feel like do they Fuck like, you. why do they fight the sun like why do they fight the sun that one guy that was like on fire like Patrick I don't know. is referring to a rom hack of king of fighters where it's called crouching <laughs> tiger hidden dragon but has like nothing to do with it like they literally fight the sun as the final boss like they go to space and they fight wow. the sun i'm not joking <laughs> you know how you do exactly um, have you guys yeah. seen crouching tiger yes i really saw long it long time ago i think i first saw it when it originally came out and then i rewatched it again later because i was um i think the one i think it was on when it just came out on netflix so i decided to rewatch it yeah i loved it it's still one of one of my top favorite movies. I just think storytelling wise, it's just so um is one of my favorite types of plots and also just the actual choreography with um it was just beautiful. I don't know. It it definitely it always sticks in my mind. So it's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's very weird how little YouTube criticism there is of it because I looked it up after and there's not much, which is mm-hmm. crazy because it was like one of the most popular movies of the time it came out both in the West and in China. And it's just like, I won't say it's forgotten because I have a feeling probably there's a lot of people in China who definitely have written like books about it. But in the West, like I haven't found much modern criticism. It's all old. And like, it's crazy because I think this needs to be revived because it would do so much better now than it would then because its themes are like incredibly prescient because um i i wrote this up but basically to the effect of like hey i think the best period films actually touch on like not only specific themes and like things specific to the culture and time in which they were made in which they take place but also mm-hmm. to like general all humanity and like there's still a lot there and like that is still applicable today it's amazing um, but the reason I br- brought it up is because the director, uh, oh, I was just going to say, the reason I bring it up is because I then watched an Asian American film by the same director, Ang Lee, who made this movie that I saw when I was six years old called The Wedding Banquet, which is a romantic comedy about a gay dude who lives in Manhattan, who is basically common law married to this uh, to this other guy. And then his parents are tr- his. So he's he's Taiwanese and his parents are in Taiwan and they're trying to set him up with someone. So they like going through like these matchmaking agencies and they eventually find someone and want to set him up. But in order to get away from this, he decides to marry. He's a landlord. Um, so he decides to marry one of his tenants who wants citizenship and is about to be, you know, kicked out of the States. <laughs> and so they make this agreement Um and then, like, you know, it's it's a romantic comedy, but it deals with some serious stuff because it's a lot about them, like, having to keep on the down low. Because, like, the parents are like, oh, you're getting married? Cool. And then they just show up, like, in New York. And he's like, what the fuck? And so, like, they have to, like, keep up that it's real for a while. And then mm-hmm. through – so the uh, woman ends up getting pregnant 
And then they have this whole situation where, you know, they're like where she's pregnant. The parents don't know that he's gay. And oh, like, the gosh. yeah, and the gay guy is like, uh, you know, common law married husband is like really pissed off about her being pregnant and like what that's going to do to like the two of their relationship. And like, it's this really uh-huh. interesting examination, not only of like being Asian American, because like the guy, even though he's a recent immigrant, is obviously living in the States and living in a way that was like, not really accepted throughout most of the states at the time and a lot of like Asia. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. of that, like it's about the intergenerational pressures of this and kind of like what happens. And like, it resolves it in ways that I think like, frankly are years ahead of Asian American directors today. Like I, it is crazy how incredibly ahead of its time this movie is. And like, there's definitely some stuff in the movie that hasn't aged well. Like there's a little bit of like, There's a little bit of what could be described as uh, a trigger warning sexual assault, but there's a little bit of what could be described as corrective sexual assault uh, of like Mm. a gay dude by a straight woman. But Mm. it was one at a time where that wasn't not only not intended, but literally not the point of the scene and like was also like Mm -hmm. literally not just a dismissive attitude, but was literally not what what's happening in the scene, but the way it is talked about is as such. Mm. And so it's, it's interesting because like it definitely steps on that landmine, but otherwise it is way ahead of time, like way ahead of its time for like a mainstream released film. I looked it up. This movie has a higher pro- uh, profit ratio than Jurassic park. Um, oh, wow. Wow. I'm going to be d- honest though. It kind of, kind of sounds like a ripoff of an app pronounced your Chuck and Larry, to be honest. Uh, it's oh from God. 1995, <laughs> I think. I don't know, man. 93. It's from 93. Oh my God. I don't know, man. Adam Sandler, I don't know. He should stop, and, and stop frankly, Adam Sandler. Yeah, and frankly, this movie is like, honestly, I I think a lot of like modern Asian American cinema that has like gotten all this praise and stuff is like decades behind this film. And like this film was ignored at the time by the Asian American community because it was about gay people. And it seems interesting, though. I You're kind of getting me hyped to watch it, though, in all seriousness. It's it is kind of, so it really good. good. You guys need to watch it. Uh, like, I mean, and Patrick, especially you, being from, like, the East Coast, like, you'll see so much where you're just like, holy shit, I remember basically walking through these streets, you know? Yeah, probably. I'll, I'll have to t- watch that. Is it on, like, Netflix or something, or is it, like... Uh, it's on, um... I watch it on a free service on my TV called, like... Oh, God, what is it? Uh, is it l- let me look. The, the Pirate Bay is that the free service you used? No, no, it's a free service that like you just had to watch ads every once in a while. It wasn't terrible, but it was like one of those like third tier ones where it's just like, why do you exist? But um, it was like, and why do you have the rights to this film? Something. I forget what it was, but like, so I was honestly thinking about this. But this film is directed by the same guy as Brokeback Mountain, and the same guy as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And in a more wait, just wait, what the fu- hold on, oh, yeah, back up. The guy that broke fucking guy, oh, the guy wow. that broke back mounted Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. and here's the weird part. He oh, also made 2003's so Hulk. What the fuck? Yeah, he life did Life of Pi. He's done so many. My mind. There, he's done so many types of films. Like he's not. He's yeah. very. He's very diverse filmography. Yeah, it is my firm belief that if if he didn't oh, do 2003's he did. Hulk, 
he could have directed Shang-Chi and made what I think would be a much oh. better movie. Anyways. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, oh, hard, that's a hard burn right there. Oh, should we talk about Shang-Chi? I think we've all seen it at this point. And I, don't think I mean, okay, yes. I watched Shang-Chi. Yeah, we all watched it. Oh, you rewatched it? Yeah. No, I have not rewatched it. Well, I've, I've watched it twice. Um, I just like, mm-hmm. I'm glad it exists. I think it is a good mm-hmm. movie. I do not think it is the movie that everyone else thinks it is. Oh, like I know I could I like, <laughs> I I see that like to be honest like I definitely heard the the thing like it's I, I don't know how to say this without I'm gonna let you say the word because I don't want to sound weird. I'm with really it, so. worried what word you're trying to get me to say. No, no, I I, I don't want like I want to say the quote. This is a quote. It's not me saying it. The it's our it's our uh, Black oh, Panther. Our yeah, so no. I don't want to say that because I'm white and I feel like I'm like that's like super not okay for me to say. But I know you literally said that though, Joe. To be so fair, that's wanna... like a that's like a straw man type thing because like I definitely saw tons of people saying that, but I don't. I I think most people disagree with that. But where I think yeah. it is like I don't even think it's like our good action movie. It's just like it's a it's a mar it's a middle of the road Marvel movie is like starring a bunch of Asian people, which is cool. I just It was really good though. I really liked the movie. I, I don't know. I just really wish they had gotten a writer who was of the caliber of cultural observation of say the farewell or the wedding banquet as opposed to someone who like one of the writers was like a Japanese dude and I'm like all right, that explains some of the depiction of Chinese culture. And like, there was like a lot of just weird stuff in it that I just <laughs> did not like. That's fair. I, I, I thought for what it was, it was, was pretty almost, decent. I know it's... Do you think it almost yeah. looked like... Do you think the one of the issues, it was taking almost like a pan-Asian-American experience, but in reality, it should have been more like a specific Chinese-American experience? Like sort of movie because i feel like that's one of the things it's like you can't asian americans cannot call this our black panther because for one it's all it's not it doesn't cover the entire well, diverse population of what it asian means americans asian americans don't consider it most asian americans don't consider it to be their black panther like that most people do not say that yeah i think there's a lot of reasons. I think, I think like one, most people don't think like, hey, it's our Black Panther. I mean, I think there's a significant amount of people who do, but I do not think it is anywhere near most. Um, and like, I really, yeah, I don't like that, especially because it is a very specifically Chinese movie. And I also, I've seen like some really good think pieces that basically it doesn't posit that Asian America exists. It posits that being Asian exists and that being American exists and that what little things it, what little, uh, overtures it makes at Asian Americanness are like a very like narrow definition of it that is just very boba Asian and like it's just like yeah there's like a lot more to this history and a lot more complexity to it that like hopefully will come out in sequels but given mm. like the incredibly positive reception to the first movie I don't think it will yeah I, I'm not sure it's like it's just kind of I mean I definitely think it's a lot better than the was it the, the one that came after that uh, the Eternals, the boy yeah, Eternals. The Eternals. Okay, yes, yes. Bomb. Oh my god! Yeah, we all saw <laughs> the Eternals. Eternals, was, Eternals uh, is messy. like. <laughs> I, I think it is worse than like Thor two. Honestly, <laughs> you, I haven't watched it, but you guys can spoil it for me because I'm not going to see that movie. I just, just watched clips and I watched. 
I watched summaries and clips. I I couldn't watch the entire thing. Like, just I I would rather I like straightforward Marvel movies. I do not like Marvel movies that try to pretend they're anything other than a Marvel movie. So, like, <sighs> lack of a better I, word. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I want to see eventually a behind the scenes discussion of what happened because the movie felt. Like there were aspirations to be something better that were stamped down by the studio because there's a weird exposition dump that happens in the middle of the movie with bad CG that looks like it was added after the movie was finished to change the plot. And like it's oh. it, it honestly felt like they wanted a much subtler movie. And then, like, they sent it to Disney, and they're like, whoa, no, no, you need to explain exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, what do you mean, Chloe Zhao? This ain't Nomadland. This is Eternals. <laughs> Can't have subtlety. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard from people, even people, like, on, on, on like, left and right side saying that it, it seemed to be diverse for the sake of being diverse. Like, I mean, there's, there's times to do it, but it's, like, when it's just, like, randomly diverse. At least that's what I've heard from it. Yeah. Maybe you guys speak more. Like it's it seems like it's woke just to be woke, but it's not. It doesn't contribute to the plot or to tell anything. And just like, oh hey, look at where these people are in the movie now. Okay, I'd cool. say it's superficially woke, but it actually uses it in a, an incredibly racist and like like actually <laughs> really ultra like conservative way. Where it's like, hey, there is a black guy who will now get up in front of the camera and give a two minute long monologue about how he is responsible for the atom bomb, and it's yeah. just like. Cool. Glad you did this. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. That was in the movie? That happens yeah. in the movie. No way. Oh, yeah, and then he, he exits a room to kiss his boyfriend in such a way that is clearly designed to be edited out of many markets. Oh, it's my just, God. It's oh, just, my it's God. It's interesting because especially with diversity, with ability and race, it's so hard with movies but it's a lot easier with TV, essentially, because, you know, we talked about a lot of our shows. But, like, for example, high fantasy, high sci-fi, even though there is backlash a lot with, like, the races of, like, you know, for example, Witcher or, like, The Expanse even. At least, you know, like, the showrunners do a decent job of not doing terrible racist caricatures with the people of color in or like people with different yeah. abilities in their shows. I wish movies could just have more of a forethought with that. But yeah, pop movies yeah. at least. Cause I think other yeah. movies definitely do it better, especially if they're written by said groups of people. But yeah, I think one thing that like, yeah, I think one thing that really sealed the deal for me is there's a part in Eternals where they're in ancient Babylon mm-hmm. And then it just shows the Babylonians hanging out there and they all just look like Monty Python peasants covered in shit. And I'm like, this is literally not what Babylon was like. A kingdom where everyone bathed regularly. This is one of the most racist things I've ever seen. Thank you. Glad you did this. Man, I kind of want to watch the movie just for the disaster, but like, man, I I do. I have a feeling though that it's probably edited heavily in certain countries that start with the letter C and end in A. It's not just there, man. I honestly think they're going to remove it across Eastern Europe, probably in a lot of the Muslim world. And like, it's just like, yeah, if you're yeah. going to quote unquote stand up for like diverse representation, how would you actually do it? Yeah. I don't, the thing is that, is that they, they stand yes. up for it when it doesn't harm their profits. But when yeah. it does, like they, they like they don't. The thing is that people like taking risks, but they don't like taking risks, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. And like, you know, there's. 
It's just like, hey, man, I'm going to go bungee jumping. It's like, yes, that does scare me to the point where I'm not going to do it. But you are likely to survive as opposed to like, hey, man, I'm going to like do a Jackie Chan style stunt, drop it, <laughs> dropping way less, but actually landing. It's like, ooh, mm-hmm. okay. And I think one of the things with when having like diverse casts and taking that into account, it's... I feel like when diverse diversity seems like tokenized or performative, it's like the writers don't take into account that these are characters and that should feel like fully realized, like have actual personalities, actual conflicts, um, flaws, but not, but you had to balance both positive and negative because you can't have like a a completely like a character who's a character color and or m- minority sexuality or has a disability, but go on to fall into like the gay evil villain or like mm-hmm. the disability is evil, like with James Bond. Um, there's balance and there's nuance and a lot of times writers just don't get it or they're too lazy to do that, but they can do it with a lot of white characters just fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I last thing about Eternals, there's also a character who is like eternally a child and then like they're a large portion of their story is like, "No, I want to be able to fuck. Why am I a child?" Oh, and like no. It's incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable cuz they're like, "I want to fuck the main guy who is fucking the main girl." Well, what? I'm a child and if you could just make me not a child, I could fuck them. It's just like, "What is why is this the point of the movie? Why is this like a large Ew. section of the film. You know mm-hmm. what? I take it back. I want to watch the movie nah. now. That sounds like like there's no way this is in it. I it's think Joe's incredibly lying. Incredibly uncomfortable. There's no way there's no way Disney like looked as like, yeah, this is a good movie. Let's put it out. Like No, what she says is I want to love. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, we know what you meant. You said it a couple of times. Uh. <laughs> it's like, yes, we 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 yeah. get your implications. <laughs> please, please don't. That reminds it's, me of like, like Interview some with a Vampire. Oh, I've not seen Interview with a Vampire. You guys watched that? That's sick. Um, yeah, so that's about the same there is did, uh, Kristen Dunn. That, um... Yeah, so Kristen Dunn's character is essentially like a child vampire. And a lot of her storyline revolves like, I wish I could age like an adult. Um, and so I can love, I don't know, either Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise's character, whichever one. Either way, Jesus. it is very odd and uncomfortable. <laughs> but it was framed in a oh, way that boy. was negative in at least interviewing oh, okay. a vampire. That's good. <laughs> It is framed vaguely negative in here, but then at the end of the movie, I mean, spoilers, skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this, but then she gets like granted her wish to be a mortal and like to be a mortal and like get to grow up. And I'm just like, oh, great. Really glad you did the most gross thing you've ever fucking done. Um, But anyways, uh, as for other things I finally watched this year, I finally watched the Blair Witch Project, which turns out to be quite good. There's definitely Ooh. ways it doesn't age well, not from content perspective, but from an editing perspective, because a lot of the film mm-hmm. worked to trick people into thinking it was a real film at the time because they didn't understand how editing works. Now that we're all constantly exposed to editing software, it's very clear how this movie wouldn't be possible the way it's put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like otherwise great movie, like really good character dynamics of how the group falls apart and gets angry at each other and like subtle storytelling and the like like that. And um, just very good. 
It's just uh, you just watched the first one or you watched all of them? I, know I only like watched the first one. I've heard two is terrible. Don't watch two. The the soundtrack for both of them are really good, though. They have some fire music in it. Nice. Um, also, I watched a movie recently called The Chinese Boxer just because I had some time. And this is something I wanted to watch for a while. It is generally considered the first kung fu film. And let me clarify, that is not the first film that has kung fu in it, nor is it the first Chinese martial arts film. It is the first of the specific genre that like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee would do. It was made mm. earlier in the 70s and it was uh, it stars Jimmy Wang Yu, a.k.a. the guy who starred in like the movie Kung Pao is based on. But this film shot him to superstardom. He wrote and directed it. And it is a very good encapsulation of the ideas because it's like he birthed the kung fu film fully formed like no one else had done this before and like it has all the elements you're looking for that would like define the genre but that being said the choreo is not great because it's so early and like the uh none of no one's style is highly differentiated from each other even though they're fighting japanese dudes who do like karate that being said if you're interested in kung fu cinema history you should definitely watch this film but do not expect it to be amazing. Just know that it is at like the nexus of a bunch of different influences and like trails of influence. It's so it was really rewarding to watch from that perspective. I'll check it out. I, I know one that we watched together was the, I forgot which one it was. There's that one that was the, it was like in New York and that kid was like a professional, like a Kung, like a, a Kung Fu master, or whatever. And then his sensei dies and they try to figure out what happened with that. What one was that we watched? Oh, that was in New York. Uh, oh, yeah, we did watch that this year. Uh, that was not New York. That was uh, earlier this year. Oh, wait, no. Was that last year? No, it was this year. Oh, okay. And that was in Seattle. Uh, and it oh, yeah, is it The that. Paper Tigers, which is yeah, a great Paper movie. And um, I think that's actually a really good Asian-American film about tradition and like membership to one's culture when divided by death from one's parents um, and or elder elder figures and i think that's something that a lot of like asian americans can relate to especially uh mixed race asian americans which the film is not about but is a common um trope of like hey how connected am i to my culture if like the person who was the original bridge and like the person who fostered that culture upon me is no longer amongst the living uh speaking of which y'all should read crying in h mart if you haven't it's a very good book interesting uh, but yeah, that's it for me. Sounds good. So why don't we uh, why don't we move on to the next topic we have is which games that you've played this year and what off the top of your head is the game of the year or at least your game of the year or top games of the year. It's time to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. The stunning HyperX Quadcast S features dynamic, customizable RGB lighting a convenient tap-to-mute sensor, and four selectable polar patterns, so we can broadcast crystal-clear audio, whether you're gaming, streaming, podcasting, or impressing your remote colleagues and classmates. So what are you waiting for? Join the Quad Squad and tap in today with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast, we ask the tough questions. Killing a Rayman, whatever that may be, is that really so bad? Like, no, is he I even mean, alive? Like, do we know? <laughs> he does he, he have any like desires, it. Cal? Does he have any dreams? We're ranking the top games of all time, and it's not a task we take lightly. There are three Battletoads, Drash, Zits, and Pimple. Uh, they're all skin problems, get it? Two of them are the same skin problem. 
This has always bothered me. Zits, rash, and eczema. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, <laughs> even that makes more sense. Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week. Subscribe at greenlitpodcast.com. <laughs> and we're back, folks, with another episode of Nasty Labs. Nasty Labs. It's a show hosted by me, Kinsey Burke, and my dumbass friend, Mark. Nasty Labs. This twice-monthly show about game development, Japan life, being nice to people, and hey, maybe a few other things. Nasty Labs is a product of Chuhai Labs Grand Incorporated, and now available for three easy payments of four twenty sixty nine, only on the Greenlit Podcast Network. I still start with you, Hannah. What were you top games of the year? What games have you played? Um, I don't really have top games of the year, but the games I've played are just two: Animal Crossing slash Happy Home Paradise DLC. And Fair. then I'm starting um, Mass Effect 1, so I'm like, I don't even know how far I am. I'm like, I think <laughs> the first third of it, so yeah, I'm not, I don't play video games really at all, so it's a lot of learning learning curves I'm having to deal with right now. <laughs> but Oh, it's yeah, tough it's at fun. first, so just look through it. What, what class did yeah. you choose? But. Um, Sentinel, and I am Ooh. gonna romance no one because <laughs> I don't care for either choice. So I am proud to say that That's because, fair. uh, yeah, I don't really care. So, but you're, you're gonna yeah. go for Garrison the second one though, right? Yes, for sure. Okay, you just have to go. build up for it. Um, Tolly's so. right there though. I know, I don't but think you, you can't I ship can't romance Tolly as a woman, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like forgot. In the, in the future, gay people don't exist. I forgot. Only for the... Only for certain species, not for others, so... Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is the weirdest form of racism, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those, those oh. are it. Nice. Um... I guess I'll go next. So I haven't been playing a lot of games either. Mostly Animal Crossing, but I just started Zelda Breath of the Wild, which has been pretty fun. Um, I haven't played a Zelda game that wasn't on the DS um, in the longest time. So it's been a lot of fun being able to actually do a lot of like controls and things. I mean, I'm playing on my DS Lite, which is basically a slightly bigger version of the DS. Um, but it's been <laughs> really cool. So I've been having a lot of fun with it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I have other games on, on my list that I want to get to playing this upcoming year. Um, so I'll probably have more to talk about <laughs> next year. <laughs> what games are those that you want to play? Yeah, tell us. Um... So I know Persona games sound like a lot of fun. So I want to get into those. And I think the Dragon Play Age four. series I want to get into. Um, I think those are the main two. But if there's any recommendations, I really love story-based stuff. Um, like RPGs, like not heavy, too heavy into like horror i love watching people play horror games i do not play myself because i'm too of a scaredy cat <laughs> <laughs> dying on ropa is pretty fun Ooh, yeah i i feel like i've watched more is there there's not an is there an anime adaption of it i yes, think so there or, is 
Oh. I think I watched maybe like a clip from the anime, but I never watched the game itself. What type of game is it? Uh, it basically, it basically is like a it's like a Phoenix Wright game mixed with maybe like a, a hint of of Persona almost. Ooh, that's the best Ooh, way I've, I could describe it. But it's a lot of fun. Um, also with the Persona stuff, they're actually Persona Four and Five and have an anime based off of it. So if you also want to experience it that way, you can. But I know that they are changed a bit in those two animes. But yeah, Persona Four, oh, highly cool. recommended. I'm playing that with Peter right now. It's really fun. I enjoy it. But mm-hmm. I'll get into that later. Yeah. So that's it for me. How about you, Patrick? What have you been playing? All right. So there's a lot, but a lot of this, I don't think it counts because I do it for stream. So I'll just go no, that, that fucking counts. Why wouldn't that count? Because I'm not playing it for fun. I'm playing it for... It doesn't matter if you played it for fun. You can play it for hate and it still fucking counts. Oh, well, I guess it counts then. Played Metroid Dread. I think it's probably one of my favorite Metroids. It it's basically is a combination of Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. Joe just walked away because he didn't want to hear my garbage opinion. No, I'm still here. I'm just charging my phone. Oh, uh, basically, uh, he, I play Metroid Dread. It's a good, good combination of Metro, Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion, which are two of my favorite Metroid games. So it was pretty fun. Um, I don't think it. I think it might be a little bit lower than Metroid Fusion for me. Because there's some aspects that are okay. It's definitely back to basic, like, tough-as-nails Nintendo games. So I really enjoyed it for that factor. It's not definitely not a, a breeze-through game. You're going to have to struggle at some parts. But it was a ton of fun. I enjoyed it. It was a great Metroid experience. And, yeah, way better than Metroid, Metroid Prime games, that's for sure. But uh, the other one I also played is Resident Elvis 8. Uh, I guess I autocorrected. That was weird. <laughs> Resident Evil 8, which... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I I really enjoyed. Um, I liked that it was it was it was basically the way we described it is it was Resident Evil Four. If Resident Evil Four was the game I want it to be, so damn it, no no because it has the, the cool merchant stuff. It has the customization. It has mm-hmm. that, and also has the horror elements. This just like in. Patrick away. hates Spaniards. Oh shoot, racist Patrick. As a Portuguese, as a Portuguese man, Patrick hates Spaniards. Really, that's also Peruvian. So. <laughs> hatred but no it's a it was a really fun game i really enjoyed it it was scary uh i have to say that if you if you don't like hand horror i would not watch it because your hands get really fucked up in that game like quite a bit and by quite a bit i mean every five minutes so if you don't like like gruesome horror like that don't play the game (laughs) i know that i think uh i think (laughs) canister did you guys say you watched playthroughs of it yeah and Definitely, if you have any paranoia about your hands getting hurt, <laughs> it's not a great, <laughs> it's no. not a great game to play or watch. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. But I it really was, enjoyed was, the story. Yeah, it was a fun game. I really, I, I do agree. It definitely is one of my favorite Resident Evil stories, and I actually did mm-hmm. like it a lot more than Seven. So it, I guess if that says anything. Oh yeah. Wait, Seven the one. With like the Southern family, yeah. Yep. This just mm-hmm. in: Patrick hates the South. I mean, I do, but that's that that that's neither here nor there. But um, but the the thing is that this one felt more jointed. I think the only thing I hate about it is that a certain character that it changes gameplay styles halfway through the game, sort of like how it does in Seven, which I also hate mm-hmm. because I don't like 
Like it's it's like it turns from a horror game to oh action shooting things da 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 kill all kill them all kill. It's like uh, what happened to the sneaking zombie stuff? But mm-hmm. I guess I get it for the context of it. It just was bizarre that it made like that right hand turn. It's like okay, I guess we're, we're doing that. And but either way, oh, I liked it. Nice. Uh, next one, I guess Halo Infinite. Uh, haven't played the campaign yet, even though I had it. Uh, but the multiplayer is probably the best first-person experience I've had since Halo 3. Damn. Did it's you play really Halo good. 3 in the Master Chief Collection? Yeah. How did it hold up for you? I'm curious, because I enjoyed, but not as much as I was hoping I would. You know, the same thing. We played a little bit. I was expecting me to binge it all the time and just play that. But honestly, Halo Infinite feels like it feels how I thought Halo 3 would have been. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that from a number of people, so that's a good sign. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it just the way that they implemented Halo 3, because it seemed like it was like a playlist in a game versus like a, a standalone experience. Uh, there's that. I also think it's like, I honestly think Halo is so tuned for a controller that when I was playing with mouse and keyboard, I'm like, this is worse. Uh, I don't... Honestly, I have to play it somewhere to be able to to tell you but honestly i thought it was fine for when i played of it i don't think it was that badly tuned but no, 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 I don't know, no, no. i'm not saying like badly tuned is in like you're missing shots more like oh it is too easy to hit someone and so the speed because people in halo move like tanks compared to like other fps's of that same time period like they move slowly and that was to deal with like how slowly you could move like your aim with uh sticks rather than with a mouse mm, that makes sense uh, yeah, honestly, I, I don't really know. I'd have to go back and play it, but it didn't feel that bad to me, at least mm. in my opinion. But either way, I think Halo Infinite's, honestly, I think I like it a little bit more than Halo 3. In all damn, honesty. damn, damn, damn. Well, at least multiplayer-wise. I think it's probably the most tightened one, and I, I'm i just addicted to it. I have, like, Platinum 5 in that game. I just keep playing it. I, I feel bad, though. I keep putting things off. Uh, nice. but. But yeah, really good. Highly recommend the play it if you like multiplayer. Can't speak on the campaign. Maybe next year. Uh, Dark Souls. Uh, I beat Demon Souls last year and in natural progression. It's fun. I like it. It definitely feels like a different game in some aspects, though. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm playing the same game in some aspects of it. Besides the controls, if that makes sense. Mm. Because, like, there's definitely elements like the way that you heal up, the way that you, throw, you use items and stuff. Did you beat it yet? No, I'm st- I I I play it in little bursts and I stop playing it for a while. I'm still right outside Ornstein Smog. I have not oh, got that yet. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah are I you know. trying to do it without uh, without summoning multiplayer? Yep, I'm trying to go hardcore with that. I just want to beat it. I did it too. Have fun. <laughs> I know. Uh, my goal is to beat to kill Ornstein first, then deal with Smog. But we'll see. Ooh. <laughs> Or no, it's reverse. The the fat yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, sorry. Or, yeah, definitely. The the harder one is the reverse. You're right. Yeah, sorry. I'll do the reverse one. Um, but yeah. Uh, besides that, really good. I really enjoy it. I'll you know when I beat it. Probably not next year, but one of these years. Uh, play both Cotton Reboot and Cotton Sound Tribute. Uh, really good games on the. Basically, Cotton Reboot is like a you. It's a shoot 'em up where you're like a witch on a broom and you shoot all the objects on the screen. A lot of fun. Uh, Cotton Reboot, uh, the Sound Tribute was pretty bad as some latency issues, so it's like, eh, but it's still playable if you're not trying to go high score. Do you want to say something, Joe? 
No, I'm just nodding. Oh, uh, you look like you're going too close to the mic. I just wasn't sure. Uh, Returnal uh, played that hard as nails. Uh, Peter and I can't get past the second boss. Uh, what really style of game it. is this? I actually don't know. Uh, it's a it's a roguelike. Ooh. It's like a roguelike third person shooter. Ooh, damn! I think I've it's seen, a lot of fun. Uh, but... Um, the trailer for it is it. Because it's third person roguelike and it takes place on the um you you're exploring a new world as like a researcher, right? Kinda. It kinda feels like or a mixture like of Metroid Prime and Aliens. If that makes Ooh. any sense. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I would recommend it. Uh it's hard as nails though, so expect to not beat it anytime soon if you're a de- not great gamer like I am. As in, you're saying you're a great gamer, or you're saying you're not a great gamer? I'm not a great gamer in that style of game. That's what I, I figured that's what you meant, but I just wanted to clarify so no one was like, yeah, Patrick, I challenge you to 1v1 in the river. Yeah, I probably will lose. <laughs> but honestly, I probably could, yeah. But uh, but the other games I'm playing is the Soccer Wars series, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with that game series at all. Tell us more. Mm-mm. Basically, it's a game where you you play as uh, a, a, a military I used a military sergeant or a military commander, and he had transferred to this uh, theater unit, and it's a bunch of... Basically, they think it's a combat troop, but it's actually a combat troop, as in a theater troop. And the, the, oh, the, game, the game plays... Sorts? Exactly. So basically, it, it takes place in a theater, and you put on plays and stuff, but soon you realize that slowly it's actually a secret military troop that fights demons in these Kobu things that are basically like giant mechs. And they fight demons. It's a it's it's a stra- it's the first couple. Most of the games are RTS style games or turn based strategy like Fire Emblem, and the rest of them are. And the fir- the last one is like a uh, Dynasty War style game, but it's basically a dating sim slash visual novel slash RT uh, turn based strategy game. Who had that on their bingo card? Me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. I played. I beat the PS4 version. I'm playing through the. The Soccer Wars, the fan translation for the first one, Saturn. And I played the Soccer Wars Game Boy that's just got a fan translation. That was a ton of fun as well. What is the Game Boy game like? How do they uh, get that? Because I feel that's a lot of systems. Like, How the fuck do they get that to all play well together on the Game Boy? It's a different style of game. It's um, it's like uh, a poke- like basically it's a thirty day window. You do things and then you go into these little Pokemon battle sort of things. Where so you pick oh dodge weave uh, hit it hit the the boss. But it's a ton of fun. Uh, honestly, if you got when you get your analog pocket in, Joe, I definitely recommend playing it. I need to get back into playing old games again because it's been a while. I I need to, but yes, I'm very excited for that. I'm hoping I'm not in the 2023 crowd. Uh yeah, you're probably not going to be. I have a feeling I'm going to be though. That's my vibe. But uh, so if you're waiting for, you're probably going to wait a little while for that. Uh, that 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 stand though, the 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 TV adapter. So oh, that, that's fine. So have fun with that. Um, besides those, I almost beat Final Fantasy VII Remake. I started that this year after Soccer Wars. And I'm almost done with it, but there's so many quests, and there's too many quests. What the fuck? Please. <laughs> Please, God. You do? But it you know, it reminded me... Like a... Hmm? Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I just had a question. Um, with the quests, is so- it all like you need to complete them for the main story or is it all side quests 
it's all side quests, but I just want to beat it just so I can get the completion and mm-hmm. love get leveled up enough to not get wrecked by Sephiroth or whoever the last boss is. Yeah. So that's what I, I just want to get. I just want to get just to make sure I'm all leveled up for the main boss. Mm-hmm. So anything counts. But nice. what were you gonna say, Joe? Oh, I was just gonna say uh, you talking about Final Fantasy VII makes me remember two movies that I watched this year that I'll talk about when I get to my turn again that I should have said earlier, but they're related to FF Seven. Oh, I'm scared to see what you're talking Ooh. about. Conceptually, they were conceptually related, not in all, not at all canonically. Uh, did you watch Extends actually this year? No, no, but it's a film we both watched. Ava uh, we'll 3.0 talk- plus 1.0. I haven't watched it actually. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll talk about it in the Vegas of terms when I get to my turn. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I fucked up. Uh, I played Bulk Slash, a fan translation of that. That's pretty fun. Uh, for those that don't know, it's a untranslated Saturn game where you play as a a, a pilot in this mech robot walker thing where you have to you have, you have to stop. You have to you're in a coup and you're trying to kill this guy that's basically trying to eradicate the world by ways and you have these waifu navigators it's kind of like a dating sim like in the vaguest of terms but instead of like taking them on dates you kill robots and do stuff and navigate in a certain gameplay style to get them leveled up did you watch outlaw star because when i hear waifu navigator i just think of outlaw star honestly (laughs) i think it was vaguely I, i think it was vaguely inspired by it but basically you play these seven navigators and you you can pick either one and you pick them up throughout the game and you sort of like go on dates by blowing stuff up and doing certain objectives in the game and you level them up and you can and and it gives you a certain ending where you marry them or you like get into a relationship with them or something but it's a ton of fun uh, i would highly recommend it if you guys have not played it if you have a saturn which probably chances are low but this team just recently did a fan dub of it so they actually added dubs from like 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 voice actors that like are in the community and there's a lot of popular ones like they have this one person that's in Kraken academy they have this one person in this uh this other steam game that dropped recently so they're fairly popular by and and so nice. some measures they even have this one person that does a uh, sundere uh sundere asmr too so that was kind of cool oh no no the she actually doesn't play sundere in the game though weirdly <laughs> enough but uh it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great translation. Highly recommend it if you guys have not played it yet. If you if you haven't, I definitely check out watching out gameplay of it because it's it's kind of fun. I liked it. Good stuff. And then another fan translation that we actually just played last week, Valkenruder. It's basically a grim dark. Uh, it's basically like Final Fantasy VII except even grimmer. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, yeah, I talked about that earlier. Was that uh, did I talk on the recording though? Yeah, I. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure you we, did. Yeah, but yeah, it was really grim. Play that. A lot of fun. Highly recommend playing that once that drops. He's going to come out with a, a demo for that in December sometime. So coming soon. And then, of course, my last game I played is the my Christmas edition is Snatcher, which I talked about earlier, which is on the side there. If you guys can't, no, you guys can't see it, but everyone else yeah, can. Yeah, listeners can't see it, but we can see it. It's Middle Gear Mach 2, but you essentially play this guy named Gillian C. Lost his memory. He has to stop these robot menaces. It's kind of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets. Uh, meets um uh, uh blade runner but it's a ton of fun i really enjoy it it's my christmas tradition every year i play it because it's a christmasy game like but i have been playing if you haven't nice have you played it, joe i have not uh it's definitely one of those classic games that is a major uh over like i have an oversight in my game's history 
Gotcha. Well, once you get that that analog pocket and they hack it, get the mega CD core. I'm looking forward to that shit getting hacked. Yeah, I really just want that, but yes. Yeah, and then play Snatcher because it's probably... In all honesty, I think it's probably... You know those those games, like the top movies you need to watch before you die? So like, Yeah. It's in that crowd where it's actually one of those games you need to play before you die because it's so good. Nice. Good stuff. And that's so, about it. Nice. Me. What uh, about you, Joe? Of things, uh, speaking of things to do before you die, uh, I forgot uh, two things that I actually watched this year. I watched Ava 3.0 plus 1.0. Um, I'm not going to spoil the events of it, but I have never seen someone land so well after such a long buildup. Um, it is actually the finale Ava needed. No joke. It is amazing. I have like small nitpicks, but it actually hits everything and reflects not only the end of the story, but also like a significant amount of like maturation and like understanding and becoming a kinder and better person on Ano's part. Like it is like, a movie that is about the things he's learned during the time. It's crazy. In all honesty, we should probably get together and do an Eva cast talking about that last one with a couple people. Uh, Yes. I'm going to say just to clarify for everyone, you need to watch all the movies because like, Hey, it's been enough years at this point. The movies are different. They are not like actual strict remake. It is an entirely different plot. You need to watch the movies to get to this. Cause Haley, the movies are technically just sequels to the anime. It's technically not, remake exactly and like you mm-hmm. know i've had to pretend that for years that that was the case that it was a remake it's not it's a sequel um anyway uh the other thing i forgot to mention that i watched is sympathy for lady vengeance which is a sort of pseudo sequel to old boy um Ooh, i recently rewatched it with a lot of a apprehension one. worrying that oh have you seen lady vengeance yeah oh okay nice uh, yeah because a lot of people ago, haven't though. and they've only seen old boy Sorry. Um. Yeah, because I I think I watched Old Boy and watched Lady Vengeance first, but I didn't realize they're connected. I actually watched it because the main character red, wore red eyeshadow, and I was just very curious about this one. Is a Tumblr um picture set, and it's like I wear red eyeshadow to look kind, and that kind of just stuck with me. It was almost like that moment where you watch like. Uh, My Chemical Romance's Helena music video and then like yeah. the dead bride or whoever symbolized wears the red eyeshadow. It just spoke on a level of like the inner goth child in me and thinking like, oh, I should check this out. And it ended up being a very poignant, very interesting movie about revenge and also like grief. So- Did you end up watching Old Boy as well? Mm-hmm. That one... We should much longer oh, ago. I don't know if I watched it together or I watched it. I definitely watched it separately. I think, yeah. I don't know which one I watched yeah. first, actually. Interesting. I think that they're amazing as a set. And I think Lady Vengeance mm-hmm. is a great movie by itself. I think Old Boy has some of the coolest things in it I've ever seen, but I don't know how it would like stand up as a film by itself. But together, they're this amazing set. That's just about like the different ways one can conceive like a hurt against them, like what revenge Mm -hmm. is and how that manifests in a gendered society where like, you know, Odai Su's path in Old Boy is very singular and like antagonistic while uh, the main character Gumja in uh, Lady Vengeance 
because of the limitations and the suspicion put on her by virtue of being a woman in like a patriarchal mm-hmm. society has to go about her vengeance in a very different way. And like what it says and how it says it is fascinating to me. And like, I love both movies, but it's been a very long time yeah. since I've seen old boy because I'm kind of frankly worried that I'll go back to it and not like it as much. And yeah, it I used really to be my favorite it. film. I think Spike Lee really did a good job. Yeah, on I knew that you were going to do that. I saw it coming. <laughs> I, I heard it in your voice. <laughs> no, but uh, but no. And, and, yeah, uh, in all seriousness, I honestly, I kind of really want to watch the original and the, read the manga because it seems interesting. Kind of like what up my alley. Yeah, I I, I need to rewatch and the first. There's also it's a trilogy. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. watched the first one. Sympathy for Mister Vengeance is supposed to no be the one first. Has. Then it's all about old boy, and then boy, <laughs> it's supposed to be good. It apparently has uh, Bay Duna and Song King Ho. So Song King Ho, he was in Parasite. He was the father, um, and it's supposed to be really good. But I don't remember watching it at all. <laughs> yeah, Actually, like, it's like, maybe outside not of Korea, as good. No one's watched that one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I'm curious about is so does does the old boy have to do with the like I know the, the old boy is based on the manga, but is the sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Lady Vengeance tie into that? To they the are manga? not they're not tied in canonically, they're tied in conceptually, mm-hmm. and so I don't think they have any basis in manga. Mm-hmm. I see. So base, so basically it's basically just tie they tie those two movies into the old boy uh It's called adaption. the Revenge it's called the Revenge trilogy. Revenge trilogy, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I think I might have to pick that up. That sounds looks kind of interesting. Lady Vengeance is amazing. It also like details a lot about Korean history because a significant portion about it is about adoption and sort of like how that's like a Korean national shame and like what that means. Hmm, interesting. Like the I'll adoption in the West, like of Korean babies. Mm-hmm. Oh, Park Chan-wook did that? Oh, dang. Yeah, who also made like things like Thirst and uh, The Handmaid. Interesting. Oh, he made. Th- I didn't know he worked on Snowpiercer. Uh, did he? Oh, he, he produced it. Never That's, mind. Um, oh, okay, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'll just run down my games list real quick. Uh, because I should probably go in. I'll just try to pick up the pace so we can finish relatively soon. But long story short, uh, this year I played a good number of games. Um, I started the year with Dragon Quest uh, Eleven, which controversial statement for dragon quest fans but like honestly it's a successor to eight and i really don't like the eight style of dragon quest i really like the ones where like it's less about like a singular story and more about individual anecdotes that don't really come together uh much more like a shonen anime rather than like hey this is like one contiguous story um and so it's it's like a good game and i think it's a really good place for people to start if they want to get into dragon quest but it's like very much not the dragon quest for me um, yeah, eight, eight was the one on the PS2, right? Exactly. Gotcha. And like eight was the first one to get popular in the states because it was the first one like brought in after like US people learned to like JRPGs, and also it was 3D animated rather than 2D, and so it stuck in US fans' minds a lot more. Even though I think a lot of the other games are a lot better, they just didn't present themselves as well. Was that the first one that didn't have the Dragon Warrior moniker, and they actually went Dragon Quest? I forget if seven also had quest, but I think eight may have been the first or second. Okay. Um, after that, I played uh, a lot of 
Left for Dead 1 and 2. Uh, Patrick was involved in some of that, including uh, throwing a Molotov cocktail at one of my other friend's feet, and then they got into an argument about it. it was, I was, in I was retrospect, it's very funny. I, I just Honestly, I, I didn't realize how serious we were playing the game. I just trolled in that game. I was like, I don't care. We're having fun. <laughs> in retrospect, very funny. At the time, it was very like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It was pretty um, funny. Yeah. But, no, we, we got, but don't worry, they didn't invite me back for Black for Blood, so it's all good. Okay, we definitely invited you, and you wouldn't fucking buy the game. We kept on being I'm like, I'm sorry I didn't want to pay game. $50 for the fucking game. I bought it on Game Pass, so you better invite me for the next session. I, I definitely will. I definitely will. But after that, we I played No More Heroes 3 which is a sequel to one of my favorite game series. Uh, I don't think it's great. Um, it's really sad because I honestly... So No More Heroes 2 did a lot of things that I think were very smart as a development from 1. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but 3 basically is like, yo, what if we just unlearned that and did stuff that 1 did, which was a good idea when 1 did it, but it's literally like satire that can only be done once. We're going to do it again. And like, it's just like a waste of fucking time. Um, not the game. The game as a whole is good, but like a lot of the things that other people praise about it, I, I honestly think are very blase. I enjoyed um, playing Travis Strikes Back with you, though. Travis, Travis Strikes, Strikes Back again. is another game I played this year that is very good. Um, and at the time, I didn't really like it that much because I think playing it single player is like, okay. Playing it multiplayer is amazing. And what it has to say is really cool because it, more than most other games I've ever played, is a game about game developers and like sort of like the creative burnout that can occur working for like large megacorps because it is the first game in the No More Heroes universe after Suda51. So the guy, Goichi Suda, the guy who made it, worked for like EA and like was just like, yeah, fucking ruined my ability to be creative for years. And this is like me retaking got control of my life and like that's also what the plot of the game is it's really interesting yeah isn't it isn't no heroes 3 gonna be the last one as well uh yeah he's saying that and like that's probably true for like at least 10 years um in which case yeah that sounds good to me because like three ends in a way where i'm like yeah i get why people like this it's just very much not my thing um that's fair that said, oh, and keep in mind, I'm a giant fan of No More Heroes 1 and 2. I actually, when I was starting to try to get into game development, I definitely applied to Blizzard for a QA position, wrote up a huge write-up of, like, everything about No More Heroes 2, where I just went through and, like, disassembled all the mechanics and tried to better understand it, and, like, a huge, like, plot analysis, etc. But never mind. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> this year... Um, I played uh, Hollow Knight. Oh, I played Undertale. I'm not done with it, but I'm I'm doing that, streaming that for my girlfriend, and that's been a fun game. I'm stuck on this one level. Uh, contrary to popular belief, that is a pretty hard game, actually, if you ask me. But just like uh, Patrick and I were talking about this earlier, Undertale is like in this weird place where the fandom of it and what the game actually are are somewhat at odds because the guy who made it is very clearly like in the gaming community and rooted in like traditional stuff but like wanted to make something different while a lot of the fans Mm -hmm. who gather around it are not traditional gamers and don't understand it through that lens and because of that when you try to show them things that clearly influence undertale will just recoil in like hatred of it it's very weird yeah, like, like I don't think there's a lot of honestly. I think the people that played Earthbound and Undertale are, are like just like it's just like split in half. There's no like Venn diagram circle with that. Then no, there there are a fair number, but like it's just like hey, there's some people who were like involved with Starman shit back in the day who are now in a weird place. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny. It makes me it makes me realize this guy that came from this fan hacking community. Just like you know, pe- the fan hanging community is not really the biggest fan of the for the most for the most part. There's crossover, like you said, but like 
it's just kind of funny in that aspect that it, it got a whole new mainstream audience that doesn't care anything about that scene and any of those games that they're involved in it. Yeah. That's how it happens though, sadly, but that's just kind of the reality. Anyways, I'm also, I also played Hollow Knight. I beat the main ending. I'm now beating the true, but not ultimate ending. And I just haven't played it in a while and I'm hoping to eventually, but I'm like on the final boss of like the main ending, not the true ultimate ending, but fuck doing the true ultimate ending. No one should do that. I'm in, I'm doing the 99% ending, not the 100% ending. Fair um, enough. Yeah. You need, you need to have a life, dude. Yeah, but it, it is a great game. Uh, I have like more detailed thoughts about like the way it differs from traditional Metroidvania in ways I like and dislike, or more accurately, ways in which I feel are a distinct flavor that I appreciate differently than like more traditional Metroidvania. So it is definitely a game worth people's time, especially if you like both Metroidvanias and Dark Souls, because it is like <laughs> the fucking Reese's peanut butter cup of that. Um, for sure. I have yeah, to lend you. Uh, I have to lend you Metroid Dread. Oh, I'll eventually get to it. I'm finally going to play Symphony of the Night because I've played every other Metroidvania Castlevania except for Symphony of the Night. I'm by surprised some... you haven't played that. It's because I never owned a PlayStation 1 and I couldn't mm. get PS1 emulators working back when I like was like really deep into emulation. I gotcha. Yeah, let me know what you think about that. We'll have a discussion on that. For sure. I'm very excited to play it, especially because a lot of the games I played were reusing sprites from Symphony of the Night You know, 20 years later. Makes sense. Make sure, though, to play the original PS1 version, not the other one that they changed the dubbing. I know it's it, it doesn't really matter, but it, 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 culturally, context-wise, it's good to have that knowledge. So I think I'd like to, but I think I'm just going to play it on my phone because I'm a heathen um, with a Bluetooth mm. controller, but yeah. I mean, uh, like, just play it, just play it, but play that version of it. You can download a ROM for it. Just play that version of it. Oh, not a bad idea. Uh, anyways, other than that, I've been playing Back for Blood, hopefully with Patrick soon, but Back for Blood is basically Left 4 Dead 3. It's a lot of fun. Um... I think, basically, I think the actual gameplay of it is better than Left 4 Dead, but I think everything around that is worse. It's kind of weird. I do appreciate that it exists, and I'm glad that I'm playing it instead of Left 4 Dead because I'm kind of done with Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. But that being said, like it is a harder sell because it puts itself out as being a lot more complex when really it's basically the same game. There's just some like extra perks and bonuses. Makes sense. Um... And the final thing I've been playing is Civ Six. Oh no, I've played Sasquatch, which is a game that is a Sasquatch hunting game that I've been playing with two of my friends. Patrick, you're more than welcome to join as well, but like, it's what okay. Is it even on? Uh, it's on place. Uh, it's on. It's on PC. It's it's okay. Just uh, send me a link to it. I'll check it out. Is, let's just play back for blood. <laughs> um, That's fine. Yeah, it's a survival game where you're trying to hunt Sasquatch and like he like runs at you with a shovel and then can throw it at you and then like lift one of your friends and throw them <laughs> off a cliff. And I'm like, OK, cool. Glad I did this. OK, um, so it kind, of, kind of reminds me of uh, like the 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 the, the, the fr- fr- Friday 13th game. Uh, actually, yes, it is very similarly structured. Yeah. Um. So the other game I've been playing is I finally played Civ, which when I told people that I'm playing Civ, they're like, oh, yeah, you must be like an old school fan, given that you like like video games and are obsessed with history. And I'm like, guess what? This is the first Civ I've ever played. And like, I can definitely see how if I had discovered this as a child, my life would have been very different. I probably would have had a terrible addiction, but I would have gotten even deeper into history and like sociology. It's an amazing game that uh, if people like those things, I would definitely encourage them to play. I've I've been playing with my girlfriend and it's a really fun time just kind of like 
managing our civilizations and also like just like better understanding history. And it's weird because it's forcing us to make decisions in ways that we might think were immoral if government leaders were to do them in the real world. They were like, for a tactical advantage, it makes all the sense in the world to embrace colonialism. <laughs> and it's just like, yes, I will uh, start making colonies on other continents and enslaving the people. It's like, oh, no, I've become what I hate most. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I forgot to mention I also played Age of Empires Four, which is probably the best RTS I've ever played. So, speaking of becoming what you hate most, yeah, this is the StarCraft. So, take that StarCraft. Age of Empires is not my best friend. Nice, he's flicking off StarCraft. Uh, anyways, uh, that's the last of what I played. So, unless you guys have more to talk about, like things you forgot about, like stuff you watched or played, we can jump into listener questions and try to finish up relatively soon. Yeah, I'm good for. I'm good. Okay. Uh, well, so we put uh, some mm-hmm. questions out on social media, including Twitter and our Discord and a couple other places. And uh, here's what we got. Um, the first one we got is, uh, I, I forget who asked this and I forget where, but they asked, what's the future plans for the show going forward uh, when we finish Hunter Hunter? And we've uh, talked a Bio, little bit about Bio this. Drando is his name. Wait, what? Are you serious? Uh, there, there's the, there, on Twitter, it's like right there. Like on, on the, you put a screenshot of the Twitter. Wait, oh, is it in... Oh, yeah, it's still in there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just when I looked again, it was gone. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, so it's right there. We're good. Uh, Biodrando, that's cute. Um, yeah, so we haven't fully figured this out, but things that we've talked about previously would be the idea of, one, finishing all of Togashi's works, including Level E, which I think is an underrated gem, but is very strange, and I definitely understand why it wasn't made into an anime until a much later date, because um, it's like the X-Files plus Men in Black plus like a sitcom. Um, down plus like you know mixix picklick in like superman you mean mixix picklick mixix yeah mixix yeah mixel picklick I don't, I don't remember how to pronounce it the one who you have to spell his name backwards five times to get him to go back to the fifth dimension yeah y- yeah imagine if he was an alien ridden by togashi running like a bunch of kids lives down. welcome to level e <laughs> <laughs> um, but in addition to that, we the plan would be then to go into his like old pre-fame stuff, like the stuff he made for like early awards, including like Butobi Straight, which is like a manga about baseball, which is really short. I would not like force us to read a long baseball manga. That would be the worst idea on the planet. And then after that, um, we're going to look into his brother's hentai stuff and do some reviews on that. I would not mind if we did one episode about like, hey, here's what his brother did and then be like, yeah. Or, you know, the hentai panel at uh, Arizona Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like (laughs) that where we would just be like, oh, nasty. Basically. It's just like, oh, my God, it's the bicycle fairy. Um, But yeah, so we could do that. But like. The idea would then be we would, you know, we would do all his pre-fame stuff and then we would do stuff that he's explicitly stated are his influences in probably more abbreviated form and stuff that he has not stated are his influences but are clear influences. Like he's obliquely hinted at being a big fan of uh, Araki, of, uh, you know, Jojo. Of, of Jojo, but he has never said it. He's just been like, you know, the guy. And like in interviews when people have like pointed out similarities to certain other anime and stuff, he's like, you know, the guy, I'm a big fan of the guy. And I'm just like, <laughs> who's the guy? I wonder who the guy is. Everyone knows the guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we could also do stuff that is clearly influenced by Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter. Like we would definitely have to do a Naruto episode. We would never, ever cover it in near de- the depth that we do, do Yu Hakusho or Hunter Hunter. It'd be more like, hey, here's some select parts of 
you know, Naruto that are either emblematic or cover stuff similar to the stuff that we've covered. But we that's cover, kind of my idea. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think we covered up. We we're talking about covered part four JoJo potentially. Oh yeah, part four JoJo definitely a major thing to talk about for sure. Um, and this is all up in the air. Like obviously, everyone else has like slightly different ideas of like what we should do and when. But that's kind of like my initial design. But I, I was wondering if you guys, um, not that we need to hash it out here, but if you guys want to just put voice to like anything that people might be interested in, slash we could integrate into the plan, etc. Well, I think we've mentioned it plenty of times before, but when the live action Yu Hakusho yes. um, series comes mm. out, we'll be either live reacting or um, maybe like post episode watch, like just talk about what we think about the series or um, by episode, maybe what how it may relate to either the manga or how it compares That's to really the anime. Good. So I don't, I don't know when that comes out. Sometime this coming 2023, year, right? December 2023. We'll literally oh, be able to talk about it on okay. the next podcast. So, so future Patrick, <laughs> uh, insert Ooh. line here about what you think about the 2023 podcast. And wait, listen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean we'll be able to talk about it as in like it will still be a year in the future by the next time we do an end of the year <laughs> podcast? Yeah. So the next end of the year podcast we do, we'll talk about it. God damn it! <laughs> That'll That's be three meta. years of us talking about it. We built the buildup of it. We talked. We started last year, then we started this year, and then we'll finally talk about our post ideas next year, unless it gets delayed. In that case, uh, Patrick, you enjoy being wrong, like you always are. I'm really looking forward <laughs> to the part where Botan shoots a machine gun at Suzaku and says, "Welcome to the ouch, motherfuckers." Me too. <laughs> uh, man, I feel like oh, I know you guys discussed it, but um, like about the last cast you did about the live action. Cowboy Bebop versus like the apprehension with the live action um, Yuhawk show. I I don't feel the same apprehensions at least in that sense because Yuhawk show is still going to be like a Japanese production versus an American production or Western production. I forgot which studio oh, exactly oh, did just the Cowboy did you, Bebop. Did you listen to the episode we did about it? Because our worries are actually very different. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay, I was mostly going off, like, what I thought read on, like, Reddit and saying, like, I don't know about the Yuhagasha one, but I'm thinking, like, that doesn't make any sense because how, who's producing and who's directing is going to be completely different from who produced and who wrote and directed Cowboy Bebop. I mean, I'd be more worried about comparing it to, like, the other terrible live actions that have been done by Japanese studios. But, yeah, that's exactly yeah, what we talked about. We're just like, oh man, Japanese CG, not up to the task of doing the Dark Tournament. Maybe yeah. season one, <laughs> but not the Dark Tournament. And we're like, oh, guess what? Japanese martial arts film is way worse than it used to be. And mm. I can name you very few good <laughs> Japanese martial arts stars. So good luck on that too. Joe, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought the Full Mount Alchemist live action movie encapsulated the show completely as it is. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, so the our worries... Is, the joke is Full Malcolmus is garbage. God damn it. Uh, yeah, I think the worries we said were basically like, yeah, there's certain things about the Japanese film industry mm-hmm. and like the specificity of Yu Hakusho because Patrick and I talked about it not being timeless. Like, I think it's timeless in the sense of like, hey, this is a great show forever, but it is clearly rooted mm-hmm. in a place and time that will be very hard to convey to non-Japanese like Japanese people. 
Yeah, because because yeah. most anime, if you think about it, are timeless in its own way. Like while like Full Metal Alchemist is rooted in history, it's a fantastical part of it. Same with uh, stuff like Cowboy Bebop, where it's vaguely in the future or something of that nature. While mm-hmm. well, Yu Hakusho is specifically 1992 Japan, like that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were joking that if the trailer starts with 1992 Japan, like Patrick's like, yeah, everyone's just gonna skip the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think anybody's gonna be like, yeah, totally, I can relate to this. But on the flip side, if it turns out to be a, a silent silent uh, hit, that'd be awesome for the Yu Hakusho community. Yeah, I, I want it to do well. Frankly, I'm just really mm-hmm. worried about it mm-hmm. not being able to. Yeah, but. But yeah, we'll we'll have yeah. to see how they fare. Uh, like, what are you guys' thoughts? Her, um, I am harshly optimistic just because at least the director he adapted Alice in Borderlands really well. So, but hmm. it's also a more grounded relatively grounded story compared to a haka show in terms of like the fantastical fantasy elements or sci-fi elements of it so uh but character wise and direction wise i felt like alice in Borderlands was really good so that makes me optimistic in terms of at least how the story will go um that's good i'm glad to hear that i actually was aware it was the same director yeah yeah. yeah, so I'm optimistic on that. But like you said, in terms of like the CGI and the fight choreography, which is a very both integral parts of like why do you enjoy uh, anime like Yu Hawk Show. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. I don't know. It'd be cool if they did something with like some practical effects and were able to make it uh, like either fine tune it with CGI because I feel like that could work better but who knows what Mm. they're gonna do yeah Yeah. patrick and i actually talked about how ironically chapter black is a lot easier to do than the dark tournament and like it would be great if they just yeah skip the dark tournament somehow which is but then we're just like yeah but that's what everyone's there for so good luck (laughs) yeah Yeah, everyone's gonna ask what happened to the dark tournament the first thing out of their mouth yeah, I th- for me, I'm tentatively excited. I think I have not watched the other, I guess, live action Japanese like dramas of animes. I think there should be a distinction versus like, let's say, like Cowboy Bebop, because that was led by like American directors mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So maybe there's like even further disconnect with, you know, the showrunners that did Cowboy Bebop the anime, but maybe because it's going to be a fully Japanese to cast for an anime that's fully set in Japan with Japanese characters, maybe it'll be better. But it could be really cheesy because, like, I've seen clips of like the Mob Psycho and like live action and that. Wait, there's not a live look- action Mob Psycho? I there need to is, watch this. There is. Tell me how your your opinions about it. To me, it looks really cheesy. But I feel like maybe hopefully Yohaku Show has a better budget and stuff. But yeah, there's there's actually a lot of Japanese wonder... um, live action of versions of anime. So yeah, I don't know. Do you think for it's now I'm tentatively to excited how? 
um, the approach of series because you know how Netflix in itself is not only a distributor but its own like studio that funds projects because at least specifically mm. with like Korean dramas in their approach from what's done by broadcast studios in Korea versus what they can show through Netflix specific um, series it's like two different like what they can get away with so it's like why squid games was able to feel more like what you would see in traditional cinema versus what you would see as like a a broadcast channel in korea so i wonder if that has the same Mm. limitations not only in budget but also what they can get away with story-wise or what themes they explore story-wise in in japanese specific shows i don't know I'm curious. Yeah, I, we'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I I took a little look at the the Mob Psycho live action, and I saw the I live action dimple. dimple. And yeah, I was like, oh no, this is not going to be well, is it? No, that damn can't believe they made Slimer that into look a... great. <laughs> yeah, it's have you guys pretty... seen Be Kind Rewind? Because this looks like a Be Kind Rewind version of Mob Psycho. <laughs> and all honesty, it looks kind of like I'm looking at it and. It kind of looks like the same vibe I get from a lot of like Japanese of action in terms of it looks like it's just a bunch of people in cosplay, like literally it just looks like a bunch of people in cosplay. It's like I I hope the actor for Yusuke is a Tom Tom Holland ass like hey I look like I'm in high school even though I'm like 28 type dude. Yeah, that's what that's I what it looks know. like. I found an image. Let me go add that into the. He didn't look that young to me, man. No, no, he didn't. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so he looks oh, kind of okay. like. I mean, he looks like more like Tobey Maguire. <laughs> does he look oh, like Tobey no. Maguire or Bully <laughs> Maguire? It's really important. Oh, uh, I don't know, but yeah. Or does he look the... like Tugboat Maguire? That's the. Okay, this yeah. looks like a like Mob Psycho porn parody. <laughs> oh my god, Joe! What the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but yeah, it doesn't look fantastical, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm looking but at yeah, the cast uh, of the live action Hawk show. Yeah, I'm not excited. Um, but I, I actually have to go pretty we'll soon, see. so you guys mind if we uh go to the like last question or yeah. the second to last question, and then and then finish off with the last one. Yeah, that works. Okay, so this one says any other podcast uh, recommended uh, like about any subject, and uh, we have a couple that like were friends of the show, so we should just put those out first and then talk about stuff that we individually listen to. So, okay. in terms of friends of the show, Patrick, you go first because you have you are a friend of the show in addition to being on the show. Yep, Sega Saturn Shiro, the number one podcast for Sega Saturn. Uh, you like Saturn? You want information on it? Listen to our podcast. Uh, Got um, I think we're almost about eighty plus episodes. So if you want eighty episodes worth of Saturn context, news, events in the community, uh, come listen to us. SegaSaturnShiro.com. Sega Saturn S H I R O dot com. Great podcast, great cast. I'm not biased in the slightest. But Damn, yeah. you you need to have me on and just have an episode called Sega Saturn Spiro. It'll be good. Sega Saturn Shapiro will have you and uh, Ben Shapiro. And Ben Shapiro. Yeah. It's going to be a really weird episode. I'm going to destroy him with facts and logic. I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll see. You'll destroy each other with facts and logic. It'll be like like End of Evangelion. (laughs) 
No, that's about emotions and heart and resolve and like you know doing better by your fellow people and you know. I know. I meant the first five minutes of that movie. Intergenerational trauma. No, I meant the first five minutes of that movie. Sorry, Joe. Oh, oh no. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. There's also uh, the podcast Impossible Coin, which is uh, a video game podcast uh, about news and criticism, uh, long long form criticism by three friends of mine who I used to actually run a podcast with back in the day. Um, I think two members of that show have been on this show at various points. They're very cool people. Um, they tend to not just discuss things that are like mainstream popular. Like they discuss a lot of indie games. They discuss like older games in re-release and stuff like that. And they have all very varied taste. And that's not to say it's all like art. Like some of them definitely like Nintendo games that are very popular, but just aren't taken as seriously as they would maybe take them. So if you like just kind of like a more, hey, like people that you would probably like hang out with and meet in a game store and talk with about games, uh, view of the games industry, check them out. Um, Patrick and I have guessed a couple times on Full Metal Analysts, uh, which is a uh, podcast about uh, a show Patrick hates. Um, <laughs> but it's about Full Metal Fuck Alchemist. The they're about to start the original 2003 one. So if you want to jump in when they're covering the worst one instead of Brotherhood, go no, ahead. Sorry, he means the best one. If you guys want to watch that's the best one so no that's Patrick that's the second in. best one the best one is the live action Japanese movie as we're all aware yes um, yeah sorry I need to correct myself on that one Joe was right yeah uh, in addition to that um, we also uh, have all our friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network um, which is soon about to change names but we'll tell you more about that in the new year uh, Patrick, don't say anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's the people like uh, Apocrypals, uh, Chat of the Wild, which is a uh, Zelda podcast. Uh, there's Retronauts, who, if you're listening to the show, you're probably aware of Retronauts because like they're just like one of the bigger podcasts in the world. Um, let's see who who have we crossed Super over Game, with? Super Advanced, uh, sorry, the Game Boy Advance podcast. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's a spinoff, but it counts. Was it Podboy Advance? Is that what it's called? Probably. I'll, I'll just, assume, just just look up Game Boy Advance podcast. Yeah. There's an episode where I'm on and I talk about the F-Zero game that no one besides me likes. Um, oh, wait, there's, also, there's also a GBA podcast, but that's a different podcast. So don't look that one up. Oh, yeah. I have uh, two other groups of friends who make podcasts. Uh, there's the You Lost Me podcast, which is a podcast going through lost uh i never watched lost but i listened because i just think they're very funny guys and like it's also funny just like stepping in and being like what the fuck was happening in this show because i never watched it lost is amazing go watch it <sighs> all right um and then i one of my other friends uh jeff Zhao, uh runs a podcast that's kind of on hiatus right now called uh bros once loyal which is a warhammer 40k podcast uh, going through the lore and just talking a lot of shit um I don't know when they're going to come back, but if you go and listen to some of their back episodes, it's incredibly well edited. And like, it's basically two longtime Warhammer fans talking to one person who's new to it, who is just kind of like the, you know, self insert um, host who just kind of asks questions like, wait, so like, why do you guys like this thing? Or like, what about this is like from influenced by this thing and this thing. So I think it's a probably a good way to get into like Warhammer lore. If you're interested in that sort of thing. And Warhammer lore is so thick that you need something like that to do it because there are several books, several rewrites, several offshoots. Like there's literally like, it's an insane lore amount. Oh yeah. Uh, Patrick forgot to mention that it's actually not 40 K it's 40 C because it's thick with 40 C's pretty much. It's fucking thicker than a box of oatmeal or bowl of oatmeal. A box of oatmeal, yeah. It's pretty thick. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely thick. 
But uh, another thing, uh, people who have like crossover on our podcast, uh, there's the Talking Naruto po- uh, cast, which is a uh, Naruto podcast. But um, they're while they're fans of it, they also are definitely not above criticizing some of the dumb shit that happens in it, including even in canon material. Like they obviously, you know, like make fun of filler and stuff like because that's par for the course. But they all also like analyze and uh, take apart some of the main story because both of them are heavily involved in like pro wrestling and like look at Naruto from like a wrestling perspective, which is actually very interesting uh, because like they basically just say, Hey, the story structure of Naruto is all about like booking the big match and like running promos on each other. And I'm like, this is actually a really handy way of looking at Shonen generally. So it's a good, it's good. Um, And uh, finally for people who have been on the show, uh, w- they've not been on the show, but uh, we've advertised with them a couple times, and I'm vaguely in the community. Uh, there's a show called Ballin' Out Super, which is a Dragon Ball Super, now Dragon Ball Z podcast, um, where they also, behind uh, the paywall, do other anime, and they're currently doing Yu-Gi-Oh! and uh, revisiting Yu-Gi-Oh! for the first time since they were kids and realizing how fucking creepy it is that uh, Maximilian Pegasus invited a bunch of children to an island that no one knows about. Man, it reminds me of some <laughs> other celebrity that did that, except in real life. Yeah, man. I hear that uh, Bakura didn't actually kill... You know, Bakura killed, uh, you know, Pegasus. It wasn't... Uh, they didn't kill themselves. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, um, are they doing the, the dub or the sub version of it? Because the sub is actually quite good. Like no, the I think they're doing the dub, and part of it is because they the the structure of that show is less like ours in terms of like doing analysis and more like they're just talking shit. Yeah, because oh, there's one the major... Three of them, the yeah. three of them are stand-up comedians. Makes sense. Because, yeah, I remember, like, the biggest change in the anime... Actually, it was the manga change, is that when they when he he, he gets rid of the bandit Keith, in the, in the manga, he actually has bandit Keith blow his own brains out with a gun. Wow, that's very appropriate, because he's the most American man to ever live. Yeah, very sad. R.I.P. bandit Keith. Yeah, r- rip and peace, bandit Keith. Yeah, but uh, anyways, do we 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 didn't meant, we need to also remember say the X and departure lounge as well. Oh yes, that's Jesus Christ! I'm the worst friend ever. Uh, say the X, uh, they're a. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Say the X was another Hunter Hunter podcast that is now doing a bunch of other stuff, including they recently watched Tokyo Godfathers um, by Satoshi Kon uh, and came out with like an incredibly positive uh, review of it from like one of their hosts fucking hates Christmas, but somehow loves the movie. So, you know, maybe his heart grew two sizes <laughs> too larger that day or something. I don't know. Um, but they're, they're a really cool show. Uh, we've crossed over with them before when we did the battleship Island thing. Um, but uh, they're cool. They're cool people. They're a bit older than us. So they're like, one of them has been a anime mega fan for like a long time. So because of that, his perspective is, from a very different uh, time and place. And it's like really cool seeing like, cause he's also just very media literate and very critical. So seeing the way in which uh, that context and like some of them being parents as well shapes the way they view things is very interesting. Uh, also a number of them are professional animators. So that also brings in like a technical aspect that like, you know, we, we obviously have some of that too, but like um, it's interesting to see like their different takes on it. Yeah, and uh, I think Departure Lounge, I think it's on hiatus right now, though. Yeah, Departure Lounge is on hiatus, but they, like, record and then release all at once. It's really weird. Yeah, um, there's also a couple of ones, like, running in the 90s that we that were on that, uh, that they're on hiatus as well. Um, the Nick cast. I, I, think they're, I think running in the 90s is permanently done, they basically said, but if you okay. go back and want to listen to it, they did uh, Yu Hakusho, and, like, um, they, I really enjoyed their podcast while it was still going. Yeah, and then there's um there's the uh, Nick cast that we did the Nick all, the Nick's cast. 
Oh my it, god, I forgot about them. Um, yeah, they're still, still going. going. Yeah, they came out a new new cast called the Nyx cast. So I think I still follow them. So if you look through our follows on on Twitter, you can, it'll pop up. Okay, well, Patrick and I have definitely spoken a lot about uh, those. Uh, like, what are what are some that uh, Hannah and Sarah? Like, what are some that you guys just like listen to that you would suggest? Or if you have any friends who run podcasts, feel free to plug them. Uh, so I listen to like a, I really love storytelling. So I lo- listen to a lot of audio dramas. Um, I think one that I really liked uh, it's like lore if you like learning about different types of like urban legends and fairy tales um uh, the he, they explore like the origins of it like the historical um um events that could have led to the formation of these types of tales and then there's what else uh there's also the tableau podcast so if anyone is a listener of epic high um they're a hip-hop group from south korea um tableau Mm. himself is like a korean canadian and he's like the one of the rappers in the groups and he's very intelligent he's been in like the industry for a very long time and he kind of just talks about either specifically about music but he also talks about like marvel films because he's a huge fan of those or just a bunch of random stuff very philosophical guy um that approaches in a way that's just very relatable um since he's kind of like around our age probably like a little bit older millennial age um so that's just really fun to listen to. And I think the only other one, um, I th- a lot of the cute code, I think that's the name of the studio does a lot of audio dramas that I really liked, like the edge of sleep, um, the left, right game. Um, and I think those are the, the main ones I would recommend. Oh, how about you, Hannah? Um, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I would say one I listen to regularly is, um, called Something Scary. So I love creepy pasta stories. So, Hmm. um, this narrator, she, it's sometimes submitted stories. Sometimes it's urban legends or actual, um, legends, but, Basically, she'll narrate as the character in the story. So um, it's covered stuff from like like the Aswang, El Chupacabra to some like urban legends like the Red Room to um, really niche things. Like there's this one um, podcast uh, episode where it was about a girl a little girl who visits like you know those children tv shows with mascots and all hell breaks loose so it's really interesting and it has like a youtube series as well so um at least one of the episodes within the one of the stories within the episode is animated so it's called something scary nice yeah um real quick uh i actually got a to go um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. I, yeah, sorry guys. I can't stand for the end. Um, but if you guys want to finish up, uh, Patrick, how can I drop out without causing things to get fucked up? Do you want me to just leave my computer on? Uh, sure. 
Okay, I can do that. I'm sorry about this, guys. I just uh, thought we wouldn't go as long, and that's a big part on me. So um, okay. I, I made some plans. But uh, yeah, uh, feel free to talk about your resolutions and stuff. Um, I just want to tell you guys, and Tommy, leave this in if you want, or like leave this in if you guys want. Um, honestly, recording the podcast uh, with you guys is uh, one of my favorite things to do in the world. And um, I look forward to continuing this. Um, even if it's going to be remote, um, there's, I really enjoy one watching this stuff and talking this stuff over with you guys, because like, it gives me an opportunity to talk with people who I really care about and want to know about the ways in which you guys feel through and understand these things. And, um, I feel really blessed to have you guys in my life. Thanks you too, Joe. I appreciate that. I really have fun talking with all you guys. And yeah. Megan, this extends to you as well, even though you're not here. So, Tommy, if you hear this, shout out to Megan. And also, Tommy, again, I thanked you before on air. Um, thank you tremendously. Uh, you know, every time I have to go back and edit my own stuff, I'm like, thank God Tommy does this. Uh, just incredibly <laughs> appreciate the work you do. And uh, I love all of you guys. I'll uh, talk with you guys later. Later. Yeah. Love you too, my dude. Love you, too. Love you, too, Joe. (laughs) See you guys. Nami, we should just end it right there. That was, like, a great, perfect moment. Um, But, yeah, I guess you could just wrap it up with next New Year's resolutions. Uh, Do you have any, Patrick? Um, I think my thing is that that I, throughout 2021, I've done really good on my body trying to get trying to get myself like worked out and get like all the get like muscling get sort of more fit but i think the stomach is my achilles heel so i'm gonna work trying my best cutting more, I, I try a little by little cutting more things and mm-hmm. trying to give it to my stomach because that's my mm-hmm. biggest weak point right now that i really i really feel that my confidence will increase a ton if i do that anyways yeah that's my biggest biggest achilles heel is my stomach so i want to get rid of that and get that eight pack going so i'm, I'm working on it little by little i kind of want to Kind of want to do that and uh, maybe work on some more projects and further Shiro even more. I, honestly, I would kind of, I think it's going to be my resolution for the next five years, but I kind of want to figure out a way to sort of make doing this stuff my full time job if I could possibly do that. Yeah, definitely. Not oh, that wow. I don't like my full time job right That'd now. Awesome. I just would really like it if I could do, you know, this as well, do this as my full time job or maybe go part time my actual job. Mm hmm. But no, I all, all all in all though, if it probably won't happen, and I'll stay at my regular job. But I would really appreciate if that could ever happen, and if I could just you know push so hard that I can make this my full time job and make a decent salary doing what I'm doing right now. If even if that might not be ever possible. No, I definitely like. I think at least with 2022, you can definitely start taking steps towards that direction. So, yeah, both with like career with um doing podcasting full-time and you know definitely with your health for sure so yeah i'm I'm definitely looking forward to getting rid of the stomach in 2022 that's my main goal i hope i make it if i don't well you know it happens but you know i'm trying trying my hardest doing more squats trying more chest stuff more cores trying to get rid of that (laughs) yeah yeah i i feel you i feel like that's my trouble spot too and a lot of the times it just comes up to like what you're like what your main like diet is it's a tough balance too i feel like oh gosh getting abs if you, I, 
definitely kind of listed that as not quite a goal because I feel like it's just so tough, um, but definitely getting stronger. Um, and hopefully by getting stronger, <laughs> the tummy will <laughs> will become weaker and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to well, hopefully the the stock fat will go away. It's a tough spot for a lot of people. It's just, I don't know about what about it. It's just stubborn. We're, we're going to be a fitness gods by the end of 2022 confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what so, about the, what about you, sir? Yeah. What's your resolutions for 2022? So I think the big big thing is to buy my own condo. So I just been working really hard on saving as much as I can. Try to aim for a promotion next year, uh, not a promotion, but at least a, a, a salary raise. So that way I'll be more ready to like buy my own place. Um, I think working out has always been a goal of mine. I think finding a hobby. I think that I've been needing a creative outlet. Like I have a lot of intellectual outlets and a lot of like hobbies that help me relax. But to be creative, either music or writing, I think those are the two things that I want to really explore next year. Um and other than that, maybe like going out, getting more involved with like local LGBT communities and either volunteering. I'm still a little bit leery because, you know, a lot with um, safety wise, but I'm hoping things will like get better and improve so I can start getting more and doing more things again. Um, and that that's pretty much it. So. Yeah, I mean, going, <laughs> having the video games I want to play, like, cross off my list. <laughs> so, that's, always a, yeah. that's always a good one. I, I definitely think I'd like to get more out there myself. Uh, hopefully, the Omicron variant or whatever variant's ravaging this country isn't going to make yeah. that possible. Uh, I have a bad feeling about a con that's coming up that might not happen. So, for mm. two different reasons that I don't think I really want to get into. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Tyrocon situation. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I, yeah. I read about it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm honestly not sure, like, what's going to happen with that. So that kind of scares me a little bit. So cause I kind of wanted to go with it. But, you know, if it's not going to change its mm-hmm. ways, I might not have to go to it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. I, I hope to get more active as well, you know, go out. And stuff, and of course, the same with you. Cross those video games off the list because I think I did okay <laughs> this year, but I'm hoping with that TV, I'm going to be able to start knocking games out <laughs> left and right. At least that's my goal. Yeah, I just lack the consistency. I think as soon as my attention span either goes for something else, I think for me, it's either if it it's something that I find really engaging. Um, uh, to a certain point where I, if I get frustrated over like a mechanic or just something that I just can't get used to, like a certain move, then then I'm like taken out of it. So I'm working through those frustrations because I feel like it'll, it'll actually apply to a lot of other things in my life <laughs> that could help me out in the future. Exactly. Just tanking on through them. You got this. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Hannah? Um. Yeah, I think 
I really want to get into my hobbies more. Like I kind of talked about earlier, like dec- doing more DIY decorations for my house and stuff like that. Really get into art. I really need to expand my illustration portfolio. And so I think from there it'll make me more comfortable to open up to commissions again and other stuff. I it's It's just hard. I've been making art for money for so long and design for money it's hard to enjoy it as a hobby and like i just need to draw for myself so i'm going to try to dedicate 2022 for that um finish my certificate i'm taking a certificate um through my work so i want to finish that and create two awesome projects i have a lot redo my portfolio in 2022 and keep it updated every single year. That's going to be my goal. <laughs> so it's nice. a lot of... I can't wait to see the work. Thank yeah. you. And then, yeah, work out as well. I've kind of slacked in the latter half of the year. So I just need to pick up the healthy habits again. So that we'll way, you know... We'll get you, you deadlifting know. in no time. You're going to hit <laughs> 200 with me and we're, gonna, we're, we're all going to be actually, deadlift champs. I'm actually going to do Pilates instead. I've always wanted to do a Pilates studio, and I'm going to try to do that this year. Um, once I feel a little, once the ever I get over being sick, because mm-hmm. it's something I've always been interested in, and I always I have a couple of friends who do it. So I'm like, oh, and yoga. I do want to do Pilates and yoga a lot. I just think it's more in tune to how I like to do fitness. So. In dancing. So that's another thing, dancing. I have a dancing (laughs) subscription. I need to at least do six months straight in a row with it, and I'll feel very accomplished. So, um, You know what I found really fun is uh, just playing Just Dance. I know it's probably... Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. I do love Just Dance. Just Dance is a blast. I love that game. I kind of want to get back into doing that some more. You should. It's a good way for cardio and it's really entertaining and fun. And just don't fling your switch controllers, which is hard to do sometimes. So. I, make, I make no promises. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm, I'm definitely with you on, on that. It sounds good, Wool. But uh, Sarah and I'll become deadlift champs. You can become the Pilates champ. But and all, honestly, <laughs> all joking aside, huh? Um, I think that I think yoga, at least for yoga for anxiety, is something I should really be doing. Mm-hmm. So that you might yeah. help me out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things I know we're turning into a fitness podcast all of a sudden. <laughs> Stretching is definitely we'll important, on. and I feel like yeah, I feel like with yoga, it's more active stretching stuff that you wouldn't really think is just like, you know, post-workout that can actually help a lot with becoming stronger. Cause I know coordination is mm-hmm. huge. I lack a lot of coordination that could actually really help me out when I'm doing more inc- like lifts and doing more intense, like hit workouts. Like I could use some coordination that yoga brings <laughs> to the table. <laughs> yeah. Plus it helps with your body. You know, you stretching so important with helping you recover and mm-hmm. making sure that if you did accidentally pull something, you can help realign it by stretching and kind of minimize that injury. So yeah. Yeah. All right, that works. So, All right. Uh, do you guys uh, have anything else before we head out? 
Right. Oh. Sounds good. I can do the outro if you guys would like. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or, you know, just a chat at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. And heads up, check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod and join our Patreon-only Discord, where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, Yu Yu Hakusho, and much, much more. Speaking of Discord, if you want in but don't have the funds, you can help us by giving a written review on Apple Podcasts. Send us a link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect them both, and we got you in. HVU gets a service to tens of hundreds of more people. Uh, I don't know who, who today's outro is going to be, but uh, we're, we're just going to roll with that. The outro is going to be some sort of music composition. And uh, also, big shout out to our editor, Tommy. Thanks to him, the rest of the crew can focus on more on doing research and talking to Gashi. All right, that's about it, guys. See you on the other side. Bye. Bye. See you in 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, baby.